This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom. Uh, and like I said, always say it. I would be surprised if it's not, although there might be an episode without me in the future. I will talk about that with Will and Brundon in post-production. Uh, but I am joined by my very good friend here on the other side of the country, uh, Mr. Will. I do not do power bombs, Mercier. Will, how are you this evening? Well, Tom, it's... I thought I changed it, but I must have forgot. I was I thought about a couple of things, but you know, it's uh it's another Wednesday night, and you know what that means. I I definitely do know what that means, and actually that person made my list too, by the way. Uh, but we are not alone. Uh, this is something that I've been working on for a while, uh, and it's someone I've been looking forward to. Obviously, a big influence on my podcast career, and a big reason why I I do the podcast that I do. Uh, my good friend, uh, Mister Gr- MGB Graham. Uh, most commonly known from the Good Cop, Re- Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Graham, how are you this evening, my friend? Hi. I took a nap before I came on. I was like, <laughs> I looked at it, it was like 9.30. I was like, oh, that's fine. I've been up staying up till 1. Two. I'm on holiday right now. I can stay up to whatever time I like, and it's not been an issue. And then for suddenly my brain, I guess it's because I'm getting old. It was today, it was suddenly when my brain's like, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. And like 7 o'clock, I was dying. I was like, I've got to I gotta take a nap, otherwise I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah. gonna get through don't, this. Don't tell, don't tell Tom that you can go all night because Tom, Tom will. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, Grant, Graham did find that out when uh, what was our our diehard review was three <laughs> hours and thirteen minutes, I think, longer than the film itself somehow. And that's and that's when we were still doing fuck you Zoom breaks. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, we'll remember the. That's a long breaks. time. You gotta stop every like, however <laughs> was it like every fifteen minutes? You'd have to stop. It was it was forty. Yeah. Forty. Yeah, I remember when I had KGG on. Uh, hint, hint, Mister uh, KGG to come back on the show. Like, yeah, I mean, the I think we went through like a, a, a fuck the fuck you zoom brick and a half uh, before I even hit the record button. So, but now thanks to my my way better half. Um, I do have, what is this counter? Oh, okay. It's going up. Um, I do have the fancy zoom now, so we don't have to worry about the fuck you zoom breaks anymore. Um, but yeah, real quick, like I said, I, I did mention, I did a uh, big person is a big part of my Sunday night walk night. Uh, and if you listen to our mental health episode, you understand how important that is. Uh, but the good cop, bad cop, but yeah, definitely probably the, the big brother to everybody here at visionaries global media. So Graham, we are glad to have you on. Um, you know, it's about time. So. Hey, it's a pleasure, and 
I was say we've already been talking for an hour, and you reminded me something I totally forgot about that we actually met. Well, we did meet for the first. <laughs> well, I guess we did meet for the first time. I knew you, but we met up at a Ring of Honor event, and I totally forgot that fact. <laughs> well, that wasn't the first time we did meet at MLW for a couple minutes. Oh, of course. Oh my god, you want to talk? Is, this, my memory is absolutely appalling. <laughs> So not only that, even though it's a Ring of Honor podcast, I remembered that event, but I'd forgotten that we sat with, we were sat right next, well, you came and joined us for a, for a match. Yeah. And um, yeah, MLW was uh, much, but I totally forgot, oh my God. Yeah, I, I just need to start taking notes because it's just getting embarrassing at this point. You want to talk about a long fucking show. That MLW, and it was it was fun, you know, it was cool. We got to see because Faith got to meet Mil Mortes from uh, Lucha Underground, which is cool. But nice. um, and we only talked for a couple minutes, yeah, because I kind of, kind of stopped by and said hi and everything. Oh, um, you had uh, great seats for that one, and we had like literally back row seats, so there was no reason why you'd want to come and sit with us at all. Well, th- yeah, well, those were GA seats too. Yeah, um, well, but yeah, it was right in the corner. So I yeah, it was think a good time. why we chose the back corner was um, I don't remember how many years ago it was. Mason wasn't particularly tall at that point, so like he can't see over top of other people in front of him. So when you sit on the back row, you can kneel on the chair, you can stand, you can do whatever the hell you like, so you can see the. Ra- so I think that was the reason why we were right at the back. I don't think we would have got much closer anyway. But yeah, no. So it was a uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we sat and watched uh, Willow Nightingale lose to uh, then Roxy. Uh, former NXT Women's Champion. Hopefully, as Graham stated in pre-production, she's called up sooner than later, and I'm, uh, I think Will and I probably both agree with that. So, um, But, Will, real quick, how's your week been, my friend? Kind of sparse as far as wrestling-related content goes, but I can say I'm happy that the scum shit is over for now. <laughs> Yeah, and Graham, I don't, yeah, now after watching the episode, you kind of understand my uh, my fan cop moment a little bit better. Um, but we'll, we'll, Got it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get into that um, here in a little bit. But uh, Graham, are you familiar with like the, the idea of scum in Ring of Honor? I, it wasn't um, anything that I was uh, particularly familiar with. And um, perhaps I should tell you a little bit about my Ring of Honor background as well. So I mentioned to you earlier that um, when Mason was getting into wrestling, I was trying to buy him some merchandise, but WWE was super expensive. Ring of Honor was not. This is before he had a phone. So he's, I don't know, 8, 9, 10-ish at this point. So he doesn't have a mobile phone, but he has a little video player. So one of the things that I bought for him was I went onto the Ring of Honor website, got the T-shirts, got the other stuff. Um, they were clearing out all their DVD stock, and it was basically going for like two ninety nine for a pay per view. And I think the first year he started was twenty thirteen, which is kind nice. Of and I just bought, 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 bought because I was like, "That's fine. I can give him." Somebody said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like twenty sixteen, like that's kind of a that's not suitable for a kid, or well, whichever year it was. I don't remember. But apparently later on, it wasn't as suitable for a kid. So I was like, "Well, okay, that's fine. I'll just kind of give him a few each year." And that's kind of what I did. So he was watching those. And then I kind of, after he'd finished watching them, because he was on a, a pace of his own. He was way, way ahead of me. But I would see, he would go, oh, this one was really cool. 
So I would watch that one. So that's kind of my introduction to Ring of Honor. It was actually watching his pay-per-view DVDs. So that was kind of interesting when you said for me, when you said that this is a really good show that we've got for you. Because I was like, well, that's okay. Because I know a little bit about that 2013, 2014, possibly a little bit of 2015. Not the whole stories, but I did see some of the pay-per-views that went with it. So I know some of the... So when some of the characters were appearing, it was like, okay, I I know that this is the era that I was kind of watching a little bit. So, And real quick, Scum Scum is like... NWO, but worse because they did like the they did it like all in like one night, so it isn't like they like oh here's like your core group of people and we're gonna like kind of sprinkle in people here and there. They're just like nope, we're just gonna dump them, dump out all the action figures. Everybody's in scum. You get to be in scum. You can be in scum, and we're gonna show you these guys every week. They For didn't six even have like, months. Sorry, they weren't even doing anything cool. Like they weren't like. You know, throwing the cruiserweights into the sides of trailers or like spray painting people. <laughs> they were just there and it was awful. <laughs> and so this is, is this why you said this was such a good show then? Because now Scum is over. Was that one of the main factors? That, that, that is one of the, that was a big deciding factor. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, there was definitely, I mean, we'll get into it as we go over the episode, but there was definitely a shift in like the feel of the TV, even. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was. I mean, I, I just thought that it was action-packed, and I, it was really cool that we had a fun surprise the first match. You know, a couple people that weren't, you know, that are a bit more famous now but weren't back then. Um, I thought that was kind of fun, uh, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's just uh, – yeah, and for those that don't know that are uh, maybe listening on to the Shining Wizards uh, network feed, thank you, for, obviously. Uh, but Graham does a couple podcasts with both of his sons, uh, uh, Jackson and Mason. But Mason's been podcasting for – well, had, I mean – and obviously things are getting sparse, but I mean, Mason started what five, six years ago. Uh, he's done. Yeah. Um, we had our fifth anniversary in, uh, February, but even then we, I think we only had one or two episodes out in the fifth season. So he's done. He, he's in high school now. He's got, right. He plays sport every season. He's got other things going on. So yeah, he, he's, he's, he's done with podcasting, but at least for now, hey, perhaps it's like wrestling. It kind of drags you back in again at certain points. Yeah. But Jackson, we, we took a break cause we, we've been traveling so much this summer. Um, but we got a few episodes planned. Um, I think the next episode of JGB Sports is actually going to be, um, I'm my, I think it's tomorrow as we're recording right now. Um, I think it's the uh, inductions for the 2023 Football Hall of Fame. Oh, so nice. we were actually in Canton, Ohio last week. We toured the we toured the uh, the Hall of Fame. So I thought that might be an interesting one because he doesn't know. All, he said I don't recognize all these names. So I was like, that sounds like the perfect opportunity to uh, actually talk about some of them. He knew some of them, but he didn't know others. So I was like, that sounds like a good episode to to kind of research a little bit. So I think that'll be our first episode back, probably in about 10 days' time from time recording right now. Real quick, I don't know if I ever texted you or messaged you about this, speaking of JGB, but when you brought up the fact of how the Georgetown Hoyas got their colors, that was fucking red. Did I, did I text you how awesome you I thought that was? You did tell me that. I, I thought okay. that was gold as well, because Jackson's a big... Um, he loves war. Like uh, he's interested in all that sort of stuff, like the memorabilia. Like we went to the Imperial War Museum when we were in London, mainly because of him. I was like, yeah. oh, he loved that sort of stuff, and he did. And um, yeah, one of the we we toured the the Virginia Military Institute uh, Museum as well when we were going to watch baseball this year as well. And um, yeah, that fact that came up about Georgetown because we remember the Georgetown Kids Club for several years because you. $20 and you can get to see multiple games. It's ridiculous. It's just such good value. But yeah, I have, I have the hoodie. I had all that stuff. I had no idea the history of the colors. 
And the fact that it was, um, well, you might remember it better than me then. From what I can remember, it was the colors of the north and the south, the south. Kind of combined to kind of show that the, um, yeah, the the civil the civil war side of it. I was like, wow, that's really. I had no. That's why I like researching for JGB. I find out things that things that I would never, no way would I have asked that question before. Yeah, like, I, I could. Like, there's so many college teams. Why would I specifically pick Georgetown to ask? But that that that's kind of like why I like doing JGB. I'll I'll find out things that I didn't know that I find are interesting, and I'll normally know if Jay will find it interesting or not as well. And hopefully, a couple of listeners might find it interesting as well. I I mean I yeah I was sitting I was just got home from the grocery store. I was listening to you guys while I was at I was shopping, and uh, yeah when that came up. So we'll make a long story short. Um, there are Georgetown. Uh, Graham did some research, but basically the Georgetown Hoyas colors. Uh, was a, really an ode to because Georgetown's obviously right on that that border, between, so they had people in the Civil War go you know up to the Yankees and south to the Confederates. Uh, so yeah, they had their they combined their colors, the blue and gray, uh, to really kind of show some solidarity to bring the country back together, which I thought was fucking cool. I don't know, I might be a dork, I don't know, but I thought that was rad. So well, we're on the same page then because I found it cool. When you told me that you found it cool as well, I was like that that was. That that was good to know that someone else thought it was because normally when I talk to my when I talk particularly to Mason when they're being a teenager he's like whatever like, he doesn't care about it. <laughs> like, oh really whatever yeah yeah but I mean well, story dad yeah it's like <laughs> Move uh, on. Yeah. especially coming from your dad you're like oh I mean exactly. your dad could tell you the coolest thing ever you're like yeah. exactly right. he doesn't care but Jackson is um he's still he's still young he's still really interested in uh, learning things so uh, yeah. No, yeah, I, I love stuff like that. Just like like random facts and just like I'm a very curious person. I always like wonder why is this this and and stuff uh-huh. like that. So, and we'll, well can attest to that. I always ask random questions. So, with JGB, one of the things that we found out, one of the last episodes we did before we went to England was um, we went to see a tournament in Richmond, and um, one of their players who was on the team, uh, it was I think it was St. Louis, but it wasn't. I don't think it was St. Louis, Missouri. I want to say it was a different St. Louis. I yeah. don't know if that's true. But yeah, one of the players that went for there was, um, it was the St. Millicans. I don't know if that is Missouri. Anyway, it's irrelevant. Um, that was the first uh, forward pass in football. Yeah. Uh, somebody who went to that. So that was kind of interesting. And then when we went to the Hall of Fame, of course, we got to see that person again. So it was nice that we kind of, I like those little, um, those connections when you find out something and then when you see it later again and it's, yeah, to me, that's, in, to me, that's interesting anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a total dork for stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, but speaking of what's here real quick and, uh, will hopefully this doesn't make you mad, but yeah, the Orioles are currently, I think the best in baseball. Uh, they're definitely best in the oh, American second, League. I yeah. don't think they're beating the Braves. I think the yeah, Braves. They're, yeah, they're two two games behind the Braves, but yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. you guys got it already on the ground floor there, so. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, now I made a comment to someone on Mason's, um, to another parent uh, on a Mason's lacrosse games earlier in the season. And it's not guaranteed to happen, of course, but I said, I think the Orioles are going to win a World Series within five years. Basically, because I know that talent level that's moving up. And that guy just totally poo-pooed it. He was like, that's ridiculous. That will never happen. And um, I'm hoping I might get a chance to chat to them again at some point. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm not saying they're winning the World Series this year, but they're one hell of a team. And you bring uh, Jackson Holiday up into that team as well. And they've just promoted another player from double A to the Tides, a pitcher. You bring that pitcher up as well. You've got another arm in that team as well. They're a good, they're going to be a good team for a few years. Oh, is your boy Jackson Holiday promoted to the, the big league now? No, he's in, uh, okay. I think he's still, I think he's still double A right now. 
But he got advanced through two sections pretty quickly. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did come up before the end of the season, possibly. And uh, well, and real quick, but I mean, no your reason to rush him. Yeah, your your Orioles a lot like Brett's Reds are so young, they yeah. don't know they're not supposed to be good, <laughs> and they're just playing like they're just playing. I mean, and show, and I mean, it's a compliment. I Absolutely. Mean, like, yeah, they're just free, you know, free wheeling it so. Um, yeah, and the red the Reds are game, and my Brewers are are playing above their heads. I I said they were only going to win seventy five games this year, but then I was like, oh wait, we're going to be out of town for our anniversary, so they're going to make the playoffs because we'll be out of town. So I'll miss it again. But sorry about that, Will. We kind of bulgarded there in a little baseball talk and everything. So this is a this is technically a wrestling. Sorry about my baseball team around anymore, whatever. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll still a big Montreal Expos fan, so. Well, you want to, if we want to consider that my my home, the closest thing to a home team might have, because it'd be faster for me to get to uh, the Bell Center than it would have been to go to any of the other major markets near me. Yeah, because Gramps will be up. Uh, will grow up uh, toward I'm northern Vermont, so obviously it's closer to Montreal and everything. So, of course, yeah. You 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 can see the lights from uh from the border booth. If you go kind of around the corner from where my dad's house is, that's awesome. It overlooks there's a bridge that overlooks the highway, and you can't like it's not like you can see them, but like, you can see kind of like the flashing like in the distance. Yeah. Because it used to be the second to last exit before you hit the border, but they did put in a couple other exits to go to some of the smaller like border towns. So if you're not looking to just strictly go like up to like Montreal or. St. John's or something. There are some smaller exits now, but it used to be like a, a wrong turn, and you're at the border, and it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go the other way. Like, <laughs> can I share with you my uh, border story that relates to wrestling as well? Ooh, I, I love sure I told this on Good Cop, Bad Cop, but it was kind of short. So I was at SummerSlam 2019. Yeah, 2019. And just going by myself, we'd travel up to Ohio. I dropped the boys off with the grandparents because we always have to start school a couple of weeks early. Then we pick them up anyway. So got cheap tickets to go see SummerSlam. Saw SummerSlam, drove back, and I had to get back into Virginia like the following day. Anyways, I'm coming back over the border. Of course, they always want to. They've always got to check, and with a British accent as well. Going into America, <laughs> like as soon as you, as soon as they ask you a question, like it's like, what are you doing here? So. So, so what are you doing here? And I explained I was in Toronto. I was there for SummerSlam or whatever. And then the once the guy realized, he's like, oh, my God, wrestling? Really? He's like, just go. It, it was so dismissive. It was like, you're a grown man, and you traveled across the border to go and watch wrestling. That was the tone of his voice. But he was like, just go. But he said, wrestling? Just go. He could not have been more dismissive. It was hilarious from my point of view. But he made me feel like... we. Uh... What a prick. My my dad, my dad's brought uh my dad's brought that up, crossing the border, saying, just say that you're going to like watch hockey, and they prove just flag you through. It's like oh, I have fun. They don't like question anything, but it's like wrestling, huh? Yeah. At the place where they play hockey, huh? You want to go to see wrestling instead? <laughs> well, it's funny though. I mean, um, I will elaborate on this story at a future date. Uh, the best man my wedding told the version because he was with me, but we went up to. Um, he was just getting divorced, so I was visiting him out in Western Mass. And we drove out to Montreal to have some guys' time, and we were yeah, we were told him we were going up to see the hockey game. They're like, do you have tickets? Or we're like, no. Or like, 
wait, you're going to, to the hockey game and you do not have tickets? You are driving all this way? And plus, he's from Massachusetts. I'm from Wisconsin. I've got Idaho plates. Uh, yeah, it turned into like a four or five hour ordeal where my car, yeah, but yeah, another story. But yeah, they were real pricks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Next time, I'm just going to lie. I was, I was, uh, I was, um, yeah, I just went to Toronto for the day. Just, uh, tra- just, uh, being a traveler. Being nah, a man, I, I just I mean... did touristy stuff. And you it know, wouldn't have been an accurate story, but I was trying to be 100% honest with what the guy said. But yeah, he up, up to Toronto years. for the day. So how how long of a drive is that for you? Um, to, I was to drive up to Akron. Toronto. I was in Akron because I was with uh, my in-laws. So it's about I think it's about three hours to the border, and then it's probably about an hour and a half to Toronto. So it was like four and a half, which to me was totally That's not bad. bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. The drive from Toronto back to Virginia, that was, uh, oof. Uh, I think that might have been nine, ten hours. That was, that was much longer. But I, I, oh. I got podcasts, and if I got audiobooks, and I got music, it, it's fine. It, it genuinely doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, Graham, you are definitely a road dog. You're a lot like me, so you, you'll definitely put some miles in. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Faith and I are driving out to Washington, D.C. in a couple months, so. I added it to my calendar. Oh wow, sweet! We're officially on the calendar. So <laughs> you mentioned it. I, well, I don't. You haven't told me any details or anything, but I'm 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 gonna look to see if there's any wrestling events going on. But I don't know if you got time to attend a wrestling event. But I'm gonna. Uh, be, yeah, I'm gonna at least uh, see if there's anything on. There's a, it's not a major wrestling scene in DC itself, but perhaps Maryland or Northern Virginia. There might be something. I don't know. Yeah, I well, I did cross Virginia off my list, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we're. I mean, listen, yeah, we're kind of playing it by ear. I'm not sure what day we'll show up, but we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, but uh, real quick, uh, Graham and Will, we do have uh, a, a solid chunk of questions of dishonor. Uh, Will, do you want to start with uh, your first one from Brittany? Sure. So the the wife has asked if we are going to construct. An ode to our favorite Ring of Honor wrestler. I mean, she just said wrestler, so I mean, it really could. It doesn't necessarily have to be Ring of Honor, but this is technically, you know, on paper, it's a it's a Ring of Honor podcast. <laughs> um, what are what are we calling this pizza, and what is the toppings? Oof! Um, you shared this with me, so we were doing about our ten minutes ago. So, um, yeah, I'm going to definitely let you guys go first, and I probably won't have an answer at all. But, um, but Mark, our, our good friend, uh, pretty much the third member of this podcast, Brundon, uh, did come up with this Jay and Mark brisket pizza. Um, so I'm assuming that's basically kind of like a – hopefully it's not a scrapple pizza, uh, but probably yeah, just some brisket on a pizza, which sounds – barbecue brisket yeah. on a pizza sounds good to me. Um. Will, do you have anything besides a uh, what was it, a Sicilian, no, a Screaming Sicilian Psychopath Pizza? Yeah, Graham, at this time, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I, I was going to, I was, oh. I, I was going to say something like that, but like, oh, what if we, we go for a Sicilian Psychopath and it's just olives on a pizza? No, no cheese, no nothing, just, just olives. <laughs> Um, actually, I, I forgot to mention this. Uh, this is the biggest part of the show. Uh, Graham, before we continue with the recording here, I do have to ask you, what is your opinion on olives? Um, no, they they make me physically sick. 
Like my uh, stadium food. Yeah, okay, that's obviously the wrong answer from your reaction. Um, when I first moved to the States... Oh, it's I, the right answer. Because Tom uh, is always the one saying olives are great and everybody else comes on and it's like, no. And Tom's like, no. what's wrong with you people? My first stadium food was, because I was in Charlotte, it was just as the Charlotte Hornets were about to leave for New Orleans. And they had... I'm a big nachos person, as you might... I, Whenever I go to a baseball game, that's always my staple food. And they had them at the, the Hornets games as well. And they loaded this thing up. They put everything on. It was They had lettuce. They had proper tomatoes. They had onions, olives. And I didn't know that at the time. So I remember trying it, and I, I felt physically sick. Like, I would die if I had to live on olives. So every time after, it was like, no, no olives. Um, I can't stand olives. They're, they're by far my least favorite food. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't stand them. There's no reason for them. There's all the reasons See, for I, them. I the will best. eat them. Like, if they come on something, I will eat it. But I'm not going out of my way to get it. And there's been recipes where we've made stuff and it's got olives in it. She's like, well, I like olives. And then she's like, oh, I didn't like this as much. You can eat the rest of it. It's like, but there's all these olives in that I don't want. <laughs> No, I, it's not even if it's got in and trying to pick them out. No, even if there's just it only has to be like I'm like a picky child. It feels like with it, it, it it's, like even if there's like the tiniest little bit in there, it makes me feel physically sick. That that's how much I hate olives. I I thought I probably hated olives more than anybody else in the world, but it's um yeah I don't I don't get how we have an olive bar at our local Wegmans. I'm like I don't how like how could Easily. that be something that's enjoyable? I I don't understand. For me, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's not that I don't like them. I, I physically, they physically make me feel sick. Well, I got to do a better job of screening my guests so, <laughs> next time. So, um, I do have an answer for your pizza question, though, while you were talking, because you were talking. Yeah. I was thinking about, so they got sausage on the pizza. So I was trying to think of uh, a type of sausage. Well, I was trying to think of, first of all, you talked about scum earlier. So there's a type of sausage in England called a Cumberland sausage. So there you go. You got your Scumberland sausage pizza. How about that? that, that oh. that's, that's my suggestion. Ooh. All right. That's a good one. Tom's not going to like that on principle. No, no, but that's besides the point. So, And there's definitely oh. no olives on that one for sure. Oh, man. I can't, I can't believe such vitriol for olives. When I started this podcast, I would have never had any idea. Um, the, all right. Let me ask you this one then, because this would be also. I've no, I don't think I've ever actually tasted this, but I don't ever want to taste it anyway. Um, what about anchovies? Mm hmm. Yeah, see, that would disgust me. Okay, I, I figured if you liked olives, you'd like those as well. I, I've used them in cooking and stuff, but I've never, like, eaten one, like, straight up, so, like, I really can't say what my, like... Anchovies and You know what I mean? Because, like, the, 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 the ratio of anchovies to whatever else I'm cooking them with, like, it's not, like... It's pretty much, like, oh, to add a bit of salt to it, so it's like, so why couldn't you just use salt? <laughs> Exactly, but that's no fun. Um, well, and the funny thing is, I didn't, I was not aware that I liked anchovies so much uh, until my mom told me. My mom makes a fantastic uh, Caesar salad dressing, and I didn't know like the key ingredient to said dressing was actually anchovies. So after oh. that, I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, it's all, I mean, it's all, it's all blended up. So I mean, you don't know it's anchovies, but, um, but yeah, it's assaulted. But yeah, I mean, some anchovies. A... Fucking yeah. There's uh there's some uh, there's some ranch recipes that call for anchovies too. Yeah, it's uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, lo- I love fish too. So if that makes you feel any better, so. Um. Yeah. Well, Brittany, you as love, always. You uh, love fish? Well, I mean, how much fish could a fish could fish if a fish could fish fish? What was that Matt Riddle thing? I don't remember. You guys remember that when when Matt Riddle's making Who? fun of Bobby Fish? Oh, the 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 loser the loser with a scooter. <laughs> yeah. Well. What about Maryland crabs? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's to me. I've, I've I don't like I don't particularly like crab meat, so I was wasted on me. But as a fish person, I wondered if that was something. I know it's not. Oh exactly yeah. The same, but yeah, I know. I I like all kinds of crustaceans. I I love work. I loved working a fish counter, like this manager at a place. So I, I used to be down to like handling. Like I got super into like, like the upscale places. Like I'd always like to like go look at like if we went to like an Asian market, I always have to go to like look at the fish counter because I would be like, wow, look at all this, this is so neat. But it's like, what do you like? I'm like, yeah, I like salmon. That's about it. <laughs> I love salmon too. Well, I mean, I used to live in Idaho, so. Mm, now I'm hungry. Damn it, guys! I don't have any fish in the house either. So you just ate. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't have any fish this time. So this time. Yeah. Well, we don't, I don't think we have any fish in the house. So yeah, I love salmon. I've got I, a really good locks and bagels we, recipe I use. I had a, I had a pizza tonight called the El Jefe. Oh really? What's on the El Jefe? It was like a Hawaiian. It was like a Hawaiian, but instead of uh, the ham, it had pulled pork. So Ooh. I had pulled pork, bacon, pineapple, barbecue sauce. That sounds solid. That sounds really good. That does sound good. She, she was reading me down the list of options to get them like that. Like, but there's more options. I'm like, no, that's I, I don't need to hear any more options. That's <laughs> the one. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Yeah, once again, thank you, Brittany. And uh, thank you, obviously, for, for supporting Will and uh, doing the podcast with us. But we've got a couple questions uh, from our good friend, uh, Mr. UTT Rob, uh, close personal friend of Graham uh, also, and hopefully future guest on this very podcast. Uh, one of these days, Rob, will figure out how to get you on. But uh, first question a couple of days ago was, in the, the greatest spirit of Truth Martini, we do not like Truth Martini anymore on the show, if you had to rebrand three members of 2013 Ring of Honor roster with alcohol, pub, bar-related gimmicks, who would they be? And his answers uh, first was um, the same as Graham's. Uh, the Maria Canales would be the Tia Maria Canales. Uh, Delirious would be a, da- a Dacrius. And I, I love this one. Uh, but Kevin Steen would be the Kevin Stein. I thought that was fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have any pub related? I'm trying to think here. I do. I, I do. Now I don't yeah. know. Do you normally? I want, I want to let our I want to let our guests go first because I I, I I did come up with three. Okay. I want I want to hear Graham's. Now I want to know. Do you normally cover the dark matches? Because I did look on Cage Match first to see. When you said it was a good episode, I went straight to Cage Match to find out who was actually on the show. Do you normally talk about the dark matches or not? No, but I, I mean, there's no reason we can't. All right, so well, I guess it's, we're going to talk about. They've been brought. They've been brought up insofar as the fact that we were like, "Wow, why didn't we get to see that match? Why did we have to see this instead?" Uh, yeah. That sounded like it would have been really got cool. cheated. So the dark match was uh, Slick Wagner Brown, uh, who defeated Rocco Caprice. So I know that uh, Rob is obviously a big beer person. Uh, the... 
Am I saying the names right? No, I have, yeah, we have no idea who either of those guys are. Oh, okay. Oh, so they just wrote that. <laughs> so my first one then was uh, Slick Wagner Brown Ale. That, that one. Yeah. Um, Long Island QT Marshall. Nice. And this one, uh, well, the lazy one uh, would have been, of course, Nigel Guinness on commentary. That, that, oh, that's yeah. That's a bit too easy. Now, this one here, this might have been inspired. I thought of I thought of the one I wanted to go with, but I was like, I'm not even sure if that's an actually an alcoholic drink. So I had to Google it, and it was. So um, the one it just sounded like it would be an alcoholic name for a spirit. So in my head, it was hubris. I'm like, that sounds like an alcoholic drink. And it is. It's actually a vodka. So the last one I have is the Hubriscos. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't quite... It's, to me, it's the best pun I could come up with. But unfortunately, it doesn't really work because it was for 2013 wrestlers, but they couldn't have used this gimmick because the vodka didn't come out until 2020, unfortunately. <laughs> so that's the only thing that slightly lets it down. But the fact that I actually came up with... I was like, I, don't, I needed something for the Briscoes, and I thought of Hubris. And the fact that... that actually the the, the Briscoes were trendsetters. They... <laughs> they they were thinking in 2020, 2013. <laughs> they promoted it ahead of time, but I was very proud of Hugh Briscoes. I like that. Uh, well, I like those you... two. I I came up. I came up. I thought about the Nigel Guinness one too. And kudos to the. I was trying to make QT Marshall fit with something because one of the first ones I came up with was Bacardi Evans. That's I like that after Artie Evans. Okay. And then uh. I had Roderick Strongbow. I don't know if Strongbow oh, Ciders were kicking yeah. in 2013, but I, I'm, I'm down to crush a couple Strongbows, mm -hmm. especially if they're on tap. Um, the Nigel Guinness one, yeah. Those, so that's what I had. I I came up, I'm like, oh, Bacardi Evans. I'm like, what can I do with QT Marshall? The, that, that was good. I only picked people who were actually on the card for the show because I was like, I need to make sure they're actually 2013. <laughs> that was the only way I could guarantee that they were from 2013. Ah, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of something with ACH. I couldn't think anything. Something with Jimmy Jacobs, like a zombie drink, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of dropping the ball on this one. So you guys, you guys, yeah, all three of you guys nailed it. So. Well, this Ron... will make up for me not having anything for the fire question at all. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think Rob. I think Rob with that Kevin Stein. I think we've got another five thousand dollar idea. What do you think, Will? I can picture it now. Right. It's it's almost like one of those like novelty like cookie jar things where it looks like Kevin Steen, and you you pop the tops <laughs> to make him like pop. Oh, that would be fucking awesome. Um, and, uh, Graham, in case you're wondering what the hell is this, talking about $5,000 idea, uh, earlier in the year, the were, uh, wrestling's greatest tag team of Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, uh, which we might be talking about here in a future question. Um, we're wrestling the Briscoes a bunch and they got fined like $5,000 and that was right around the same time where Oprah was doing like giving away like $5,000, like it was candy. So, so it's, how much is it, Will? Well, wasn't it because they all pitched in and like that's what the winning team won would have been the five thousand dollars, and then they were mad at each other because they lost, so they were out the five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, that was yeah, it was a big shit show, but it was five thousand yeah, dollars. Five, and every time they'd say it, they'd five 
thousand dollars. It was just great. Um, but yeah, and then Rob's got a second question. Um, we don't have an answer, so we'll get that from him next week. Uh, but with all of talk of fire this week, uh, which three members of Ring of Honor's 2013 roster should have been the firemen, fire wardens for Ring of Honor? And I'm going to go first. For some odd reason, the first two people I thought of were the aforementioned Kevin Steen and Jimmy Jacobs. I could totally see Kevin Steen as that rural firefighter. And I could totally see Jimmy Jacobs just being like the guy, like directing everybody or Steve Carino. But yeah, I'm going to go with Jimmy Jacobs and Kevin Steen for sure on the fire marshal. So that would be a uh, Kevin or uh, Jimmy Jacobs, dude. I don't know if you got Well, I know Graham, you're, uh, you're about my age. So the old fire marshal bill skits from uh, in, in living color with, uh, with Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. I have a feeling yeah. I was in England at that time. Oh yeah. I so see. You don't remember the living color, huh? I've heard of Living Color, but I've never seen any of the episodes. Oh, they're hilarious. That's when Jim Carrey was still funny. See, um, I you're saying that, but I'm going to guess I would hate it. I don't like Saturday Night Live either. I don't think it's funny at all. And, and all the classic American... See, we reviewed a film together, Tom, but I think a lot of the classic films, like I hate, like, everyone's like, oh, you got to watch 16 Candles. you got to watch um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. you got to watch Animal House. you got to watch... Uh, every single one of those I just named, hate, hate, hate. Don't think they're funny. Big Lebowski, don't don't like. Any of those classic films, to me, that I think it's because I didn't grow up in America. I, I think that's the significant thing. And, um, yeah, no, don't like any of those. All one-star films, as far as I'm concerned. No, Animal House is very dated. The humor in that is very, very dated. But I would have seen it around 2000. Well, that's... We're not even talking like... I'm not talking from like today's perspective. I'm talking from when I watched it. Your screening process, Tom, is terrible. You really got to tighten this up a little bit. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How many times have you watched The Big Lebowski, though? Um, I couldn't even watch it once. It was terrible. Uh, I'm tra- oh, um, Ferris Bueller as well. That film sucked. <laughs> oh my gosh! I like I this guy. Tom's gonna recover from this. <laughs> I'm trying. I to like this guy, Tom. We should bring this guy on more often. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the classics. Not and I to, them. And I'm gonna grab on again Club. tomorrow too. Breakfast oh. Club as well. I think was another one somebody recommended. <sighs> That, well, yeah, that that's a tough one. I mean, especially if you're not from suburban USA um, in that time period, I could definitely see. Uh, but I hated Big Lebowski the first time I watched because it was one of those movies where like, oh my gosh, the greatest movie ever, blah, 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 blah. But the more times I watched it, the funnier it got. I'm just saying. I'm wondering if the exception is the first time I watched Napoleon Dynamite, I was like, that's the dumbest film I've ever seen. Well, and you're not the wrong. people I was watching with were around my age, but they went to school, obviously, in America. And they were like, oh my gosh, that's like so on point. Like it's the second time I watched it, I was like, this is brilliant. And now I, th- I think the film is hilarious. But the first time I watched it, I was like, this is terrible. So right. I don't know. Perhaps I need to give Ferris Bueller another try. But it was, no, I think all those films sucked. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the Breakfast Club, for sure, that's definitely a niche uh, movie for sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of Napoleon Dynamite, even though it was filmed uh, near Face Hometown in Idaho, by the way, um, and everything, but I, I just couldn't. I don't know, but I think you should give the Big Lebowski a chance. I mean, Jeff Bridges is fucking brilliant. I'm a big John Goodman fan. You know, you got John Turturro in there. You got Steve Buscemi. You don't like John Goodman? Not particularly. I can't think of any good films he's been in. <laughs> <sighs> This might be. 
Shaw will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Normally when I wind Matt up, I have to kind of be creative and think about something. Right now, to wind you up, I'm just talking about what I actually feel. This is easier than winding Matt up. No, it is. I- I can't think of a good film he's been in. Um, it, it is the lowest hanging fruit. It takes nothing. It takes nothing to get Tom like reeling in his chair. <laughs> that that's very 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 bad. Well, it's because you guys have such horrible takes. I mean, it's tough not to. So I'm not sure. I just think it's funny that Graham mentions. I thought it was funny that Graham mentioned Animal House. <laughs> the, the question of dishonor a couple of weeks ago. What's about Animal like, House? I've never seen Animal House, and you all are like, "I've you got to go watch it. You've got to go see it." And now I got Graham being like, "No, nah, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's. Uh, I think I'm that's not what they even call sure if I've seen Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Actually, I think I watched the start of it, but I don't remember the whole film. I know Uncle Book was terrible. I remember that. I know that's not good. What? Where? What? <laughs> you know, How like did you ju- find a film that we like together, Tom? That's incredible. Yeah. We both love it. <laughs> yeah, we both love it. I moved it up my list. It's now my number one film of all time. Wow. You don't like John Candy? No. I don't think he's funny at all. But having said that, I did listen to his audiobook. Uh, well, it wasn't his audiobook. Um, about a well, perhaps it was all uh, about about a year and a half ago, because uh, I was interested in him as more as a person than as the the film star. Because obviously he's a comedian first. I say I don't know that side of him at all because no. I didn't grow up over here. So that side was um, kind of interesting. But yeah, just a you feel bad, just a tortured person. It's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, most 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 comedians are. Is that an autobiography? Um, I'll have to look it up on audio uh, on my uh, Audible account. I can't remember specifically. I'm just actually wondering now whether it was just a section from... uh, Because I got one on the whole Saturday Night Live. That was like 30 hours long. I I don't think it was that one. I'm pretty sure it was just a separate... um, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. Obviously, you're not growing up in the States, not getting some of that humor. Um I I love John. I mean, I mean, I grew up with John Candy. So when he passed away, obviously it was it was a little hard. Um, I was pissed off because the great the movie The Great Outdoors took place in Wisconsin, but it was filmed in fucking California. Cocksuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was probably gonna tell me they hate uh. Well, I don't like Will Ferrell, but um, oh my gosh, why am I spacing is Chris Farley? Yeah, yeah. You don't like Chris Farley? Oh, oh shoot, I mixed it up. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it was Farley. That was the one I was listening to. Oh, My bad. Yeah, I got that mixed up. Um, I just thought of one one more, because it was, um, yeah, Blues Brothers only average film. Yeah. Um, It it was okay, but. I I saw that for the first time a couple years ago, and I thought it was, like, okay. It was okay. But I didn't think it was. It's not classic. I didn't think it was as, it was, I, I didn't think it was as funny as I think it was kind of like it hit Princess Leia in her first post Star Wars appearance. She has a name, Tom. It's not Princess Leia. Well, I know, but I was, you know, and my wife would probably kick me in the shins for saying that too because she loves Carrie Fisher as a human being and her mom, Debbie Reynolds. Um, are you well? I mean, are you? Guys, no, are, I feel like you. I don't know. It just it didn't hit for me, and it might be a generational thing. It's yeah, for sure. You know, it's like when my my dad showed me Slapshot, and like Slapshot, like 
there, I, I kind of like chuckled at some spots, but not like I didn't play hockey. Like I didn't have like that hockey culture like knowledge. So I, mean, I I was watching it purely as a movie, funny. And like, I got some of the jokes that they were making, but it just isn't. It didn't hit for me. It's got Paul Newman in it. It's all you know. Monty Python, however, that that hits every time. That's yeah. great stuff. Yep. Benny Hill, great stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and, and Graham, you probably like your British humor too, don't you? Oh, I've been this week. I guess say I've been catching on your Ricky Gervais trip. Yeah, I went back to uh, yeah. I watched season one of the UK Office, and extras is so much better than what I remembered it being first time around as well. But yeah, no, I, I love British uh, humor. Tom, I will. I'll definitely ask your permission, but I did just take a couple of screenshots with your. Uh, I think people <laughs> need to see uh, your reaction. So, I, if of course, you, with yeah. your permission, I will post one with when we said the uh, the Big Lebowski <laughs> sucks, and two I, I... Uh, when you said that um, um, Blues Brothers is only an average film. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think for an audio podcast, it, when, we, I think people need to see your reaction. To fair how fair enough. You well, and now what sucks, if, if I ever do return as a guest on to Good Cop, Bad Cop, I mean, my devil advocates are going to be, I'm fucked now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I should make a rule that there's no movie talk, but. Um, well, I mean, Blues Brothers too, I mean, it takes place in Chicago, so if you don't like that kind of music too, um, because I remember, so that CD, the soundtrack to that CD was in the bar I worked at as a kid. Um, so that was a you know a, a fond memory too. And obviously taking place Chicago, it was filmed a bunch of it was filmed in Milwaukee. Uh, that whole chase scene was filmed right outside the building I, I used to work at downtown. So, um, but wow, I, I had oh, no see, idea. that's why he likes the movie so much because it's got all this Milwaukee stuff in it. Well, it's hilarious, and the music. The and listen, if you're not into that kind of music, hilarious? though, too, it's stuff. John, everybody's gonna tell me you guys don't like John Belushi. Too. I don't know about. I don't, I, I don't know about hilarious. The music's fine. One of the songs I have on my iPod that I do play a lot, and everyone in the family likes. We do like Rubber Biscuit, though. <laughs> Rubber Biscuit. Ah, wow. we do like that song. That's above average for sure. That, there's no doubt about that. Well, I, I did not think when Rob sent that question about firemen that we would go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, see, this is. I, I was going to try to circle it back and be like, Rob, thanks for your question about uh, <laughs> about fire wardens and, and real honor. I'm glad we could. We we need some here because Tom's Tom's feeling pretty burned right now between the olives and these movie takes. Ooh, burned fire marshal. Ooh, good pun, Will. Nice, nicely done. Um, but Will, do you have any answers for for Rob's second question? Uh, I mean, the right, the right answer obviously is Rhett Titus and Michael Elgin, right? Because Rhett Titus is tall enough; he can see the danger, and Michael Elgin can enforce <laughs> the danger. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Those two would have made a good tag team. Um, yeah, and Elgin's short enough for he'll be able to smoke. So. No problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh man, that was that was hilarious. Thank you guys. I I can't thank you guys enough. That what was a trip. That what was, a trip that was. <laughs> that I mean I, I mean all bullshit aside, I'm not even kidding. This is literally like one of the reasons why we do this. So thank you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> um but we do have one more I'm not question. gonna lie, when when I saw that question when I saw that question from Rob, right, I'm like 
there's got to be something in the water over there. Because the questions that Rob comes up with, it's like, what is this guy on? But <laughs> it brought us here. It's It's got to be around midnight when he posted that question on his time. Actually, it's got to be later than midnight. Yeah, time, so it was... He might have had a few drinks in him at this point. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, And you literally... Uh, I'm all about it. it. I love eight it. Minutes before we came on air as well. I was like, I don't even understand the question. Like, yeah. the only answer I could come up with is, I'm thinking of fire, I'm thinking hot, so I'm thinking hot sauce Tracy Williams, but that's not even 2013. So, I, yeah, I got nothing for that question at all. I don't even know what he was looking for. Nice pull on hot sauce Tracy Williams, though. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, because uh, basically, and just to give you a little bit of reference, so I know they kind of showed it, but Steve Carino tried setting Kevin Steen on fire at Steel Cage Warfare. So, oh. all right, Rob sent that seven hours ago. So that was three o'clock our time. So it was nine ish. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, yeah. Okay. You only let me know about it. Eight. <laughs> Thanks for holding on to that question then. Well, I'm not on Twitter all day. So I, you know, <laughs> I try to stay off Twitter when Are I can. Are you sure? Because so. I feel like you're on there a bit. I'm in there for about 10 hours, like a 10 hour spurt. And I'm off it for a majority of the day. One of my daily goals is to stay off social media for at least twelve hours a day. And you guys have been on social every, media every time I make a tweet. I no long. I set my phone down. And all of a sudden, I got my my phone's blown up. The Ring of Honor Revelry accounts, like in my personal tweets. <laughs> yeah, you know. You so how, many, how many hours a night do you sleep, Tom? Twelve. Uh, no. <laughs> I well, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. guess that that time that you sleep is part of that twelve hours. It's got for be. sure. Oh yeah, for a hundred percent. So, like, I mean, I'll be done with Twitter at like ten o'clock today, and I try not to log back on until noon tomorrow. Okay, all right. So, so I don't want to miss my fan cop moments tweets, which I. <laughs> oh shoot! That better. That's tomorrow morning. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, I better remember to do that as well. Um, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. No problem. So I think I do have one of the longer streaks on the show. By the way, I'm just gonna say, you know, put myself over. Um, and it was almost broken that one time when I, when I did I text you or did I text Brett? I think I texted Brett when Brett was on the show, like as you guys were wrapping up, because I was in I Idaho. Remember I remember that. Yeah. So I think one time I forgot to tag you. So I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I don't the the list when I tag people, I just do it off the top of my head. So I don't if I don't get the same people every week, that's why it's literally just like who who all right who do who normally sends us questions and I put that in and invariably there's always at least one or two people who I just forget. So, well, I usually can't. Yeah, early, my memory's not great. When you when you post it in the VGM DM, I always catch it in there too. So yeah, uh, that, that's probably an easier way. Sometimes I yeah I know that way that you'll see it as well. So and I can tag the people instead, but I just got to remember to post it in there as well. Yeah. So, all right, gentlemen. Well, um, we do have one more question of dishonor, and I am gonna. Will do you have it in front of you? This is the um, the uh, my oh, phone. Oh, we're still answering questions. Oh, can't yeah. believe we're still answering questions. Yeah, we got right. the big question. Uh, oh yeah, it's only gonna get worse. Those were just the starters. That was just the the, the aperitif. So, uh, Brendan wanted our top ten. Ring of Honor superstars who had the best careers in the WWE umbrella. So, um, do you guys want me to read Brundon's list first, or do you guys want to do yours? Ooh, I did forget that, too. 
Uh, if you want to improve, if you want to go in terms of quality, you should probably let me go first because I try to answer it based on my memory of the question rather than what the question was. So mine's not quite as good. Um, because originally I'm, I'm probably um, kind of rounding on this because I feel like there's going to be what we're all probably going to say. There are so. definitely going to be some repeats. Yeah, you said 10. I was like, 10? I was like, not like top 3 or something? And then Tom's reaction was more like, I wanted 25. I was like, oh, for God's sake. And well, I was like, well, I can't do this off the top of my head. And so I came back to it a couple of days later. But all I remembered it was who had good careers after they left Ring of Honor. So my list has some AEW people in, so it's not going to be as good. Um, so in reverse order, I had um, Cody Rhodes at 10. Uh, CM Punk at nine, mainly yeah. because he had such such a long time off. I was like, I can't put him I, that high because of that. Uh, Adam Cole at eight, and then I had the Young Bucks at seven, which is not going to work because they obviously didn't go to WWE. Uh, Sami Zayn at six, uh, Kevin Steen at five, AJ Styles at four, Brian Danielson at three. I had Kenny Omega at two, but that's not going to work either. And um, it was kind of tough on those top ones, but I decided to go with Seth Rollins at number one, which, uh, considering it, it is WWE, um, actually that kind of works out pretty good because obviously Danielson had time has had time at AEW now as well. But also he had time off with his injury as well, which is why I couldn't put him up quite as high. And um, AJ Styles was one I was thinking of moving up a little bit. But yeah, he had time in New Japan, Impact, everywhere, pretty much. So I feel vindicated, actually, that Seth Rollins was number one. So I think, even though I misunderstood the question to begin with, and I wasn't answering that, I think that's... I think I'm think i happy with Seth at number one. Yeah, no, it was... Uh, I, it was... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't rank mine necessarily a number one. When I was thinking about the names I wrote down, I felt like... Seth was like the number one guy as far as like consistency in being like because he's always like on TV, yeah, like all the time. And he was he was crucial to that early NXT before it was like a televised like and pay per view stuff. So I mean they they've put a lot of bread in that basket. Yeah. Um. Real quick, Will, um, do you have Brun's list in front of you? If not, because my phone's about to die, oh, I can do his real quick. I okay. I, 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 have, I, I didn't have the sound effect queued up tonight. I dropped the ball as far as that goes. But dun, 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 dun. Uh, okay. So, assuming his is in a, uh, in a hierarchy. Well, one particular uh, name CM is... Punk. CM Punk is in, like, big, bold letters. That's bullshit. And then, uh... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, then he's got Seth Rollins. Uh, he threw in Adam Pierce, nice. Who I've only I've only seen him on that one Ring of Honor show, so I didn't know how much Ring of Honor he was actually a part of. But he said uh, Adam Pierce, you know, has a huge job in on air on most weeks and is a part of some big angles. Uh, Sarah Del Rey yep, for shaping I... their women's division. That's when I forgot. He threw out a. He threw out a the Brian Kendrick, yeah, former uh, former champ, tag champ of Paul London. You know, also Ring of Honor alumni. You know, when I think of Brian Kendrick, I think about him getting the shit beat out of him by Undertaker. You know, when he's like a singing Telegram kid, but uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Cesaro. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Will, do you want so to go? I have a lot of. 
I have a lot of crossover for that. Um, I mean, as far as NXT specifically, I think the the undisputed elite or the undisputed era guys, so Reed Dragon and Roger Strong. I think Roger Strong is kind of a shame that he didn't really hit the. I don't think he hit the ceiling he could have on NXT just because of all the the shake rattling and rolling they did. But somebody that he that uh, Brundon didn't list that I I feel like he needs to get pointed out is Jamie Noble. Nice, yeah. I do have him on my honorable mention. When I first started watching the WWE, Jamie Noble was very prominently in like that cruiserweight kind of division on SmackDown, and then he had more of like the, the producer job and the, the J and J security and Yeah. He comes out to break up fight, so I just wanted to throw out a Jamie Noble in there out out into that ear. Yeah. Um all right. And you got any more, Will? No, I touched on all the like I said, Seth was like my number one guy, then I put like Owens came like after that and I threw on a Cody Rhodes because right he, he left the E, then went to Ring of Honor, and we did like the, the ring of honor. Then he did the AW, and now he's back. You know, and like he he came back like straight like a main event level feud with with Seth Rollins. I I can't believe I didn't I forgot Cody Rhodes. Like when Graham mentioned that in pre production, I was like, oh shit. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I go. Ate, I had Champa down on my list too because I feel like the Champa Gargano era of NXT was like the shit. Well, that well, and Champa's run as NXT champion is one of the best championship runs, uh, maybe in that company's history. You know, probably top ten easily. The dude, so. the dude won. Uh, he won that the 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 last man standing match because Gargano was a dumbass and handcuffed him up so he couldn't actually leave his feet. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my top. Yeah, baby faces are stupid. Um, and like I said, I uh, this is in no particular order, uh, but I thought our everyone's top five would be pretty similar. Um, I put AJ Styles up there. I mean, people. I mean, obviously he's had a huge run in WWE. Um, and like Graham said earlier, he's been literally everywhere. And kudos to that guy. I mean, he was in the WWE system. He was in WCW back in the early two thousands, but he said fuck that and bet on himself, and it worked. I mean, he was, a, he's a, he's a, probably the most, um, important person in TNA history. Um, but we'll get into that. Uh, but obviously CM Punk, Brian Danielson, uh, Kevin Steen and, you know, Seth Rollins, um, obviously Steen and Rollins are current champs, you know, right now. So basically I took this list as successful as really as, you know, people that were actually champions. Uh, so then you got Sami Zayn, who's obviously half tag team champions, Adam Cole, Ciampa, um, like Brundon, I had Claudio. Or Shelton Benjamin. Um, Shelton Benjamin obviously is a very decorated person in WWE over two separate reigns, and he's I mean, still with them, and he's been there for so long. Um, and then the other one, I was torn between Roddy and uh, Nigel McGuinness. Now, I know mm-hmm. obviously Nigel wasn't wrestling in WWE, mm-hmm. um, but as an on-air personality. Uh, but yeah, when Brian said Sarah Del Rey, Sarah Del Rey should have been on my list. Uh, she, uh, we're huge fans of her on this show. Uh, she has been huge. In, I mean, she is the reason why WWE's women's division is what it is. 
Um, but I'm going to go with my honorable mentions. If you guys got about 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> oh, why not? Bring it on. Uh, um, I have Samoa Joe on here. But, uh, I didn't have ACH on there. Um, Jordan Miles. Um, Samoa Joe didn't make it because obviously in WWE, his run was not very good. Um, you know, Cedric Alexander, obviously, I mean, he was great in the Cruiserweight Classic, but hasn't done shit. But uh, Paul Linden and Kendrick. Um, I did have TJP. He is a former Cruiserweight champion. Uh, Chris Hero and Kenta uh, both had decent runs in NXT. Uh, Nakamura, you know, I mean, obviously Nakamura is, you know a huge member of, of WWE. Um, Bruno Sammartino is a former ring of honor or alumni. Uh, so obviously he had a good run in, the, uh, in WWE slash WWF Mick Foley, uh, also former ring of honor, but the Hardys. Yeah. I mean, the Hardys actually had a pretty decent run in ring of honor. And obviously they're very famous in, you know, WWE Keith Lee had a good run in NXT. Um, Athena, now, slash, you know, former Ember Moon. Uh, she's actually back in Ring of Honor. Uh, Maria uh, Canellis and Mike Bennett. Uh, but, yeah, Charlie Haas wasn't mentioned. Obviously did great in both uh, um, Austin Aries, a former, I think a former Cruiserweight champion. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, even though he was just backstage at WWE. Uh, Cole Cabana, no. But Luke Harper. And then uh, I know Eddie Guerrero was only on two Ring of Honor shows, but uh, he obviously had a great run in WWE. Um, do you guys have any more honorable mentions now that I bogarted that entire list? I didn't think people were still talking about Austin Aries. Wow. I wasn't expecting that name to crop up. Well, I mean, he, you know, it's, <laughs> and he's from Wisconsin. I think, I think Tom's got to eat up on what's considered a great run. I mean, Austin Aries. <laughs> eh. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a former I champ. For a second, I heard you say Colt Cabana. Uh, yeah. I mean, Scotty Goldman, but. Um, well, Austin, listen, Austin Aries is a former champion though. So it wasn't a long run, but you know, not top 10 though. No. I, that, yeah, I, yeah. In fact, honorable mention might be a little, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's an honorable mention either. It's just a mention. Yeah. And obviously he had a great run in ring of honor, but yeah, I think, yeah, the big one I missed was Sarah Del Rey. So I'm a huge fan of her. So. All right. Gentlemen, you guys have any other uh, any honorable mentions or anything you want to mention? Mm-mm. Sorry, I took a bigger bite than I thought I did. Great content there. Um, but yeah, Brendan, thank you for that question. Um, you know, it just goes to show, you know, that you know people that rip on Ring of Honor, it's like, oh, why should I care about Ring of Honor? Why should I care about Ring of Honor? It's like, look at all the stars that you watch on TV now. Our former Ring of Honor stalwarts. I mean, that's yes, yeah, Dean Generico and and Seth Rollins, and obviously Seth Rollins is is very instrumental into the success in Midwest wrestling in general. Um, so I'm a big fan of his. So, um, but yeah, we're actually going to take a quick break here, real quick, uh, to plug all of our friends uh, over at the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, so enjoy the commercial. Uh, but before we play the commercial, I do want to shout out all our good friends here on VGM. 
obviously, as we have Graham here, I do want to shout out Matt Graham over at the Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for all the good Sunday night walk night content. Uh, the Brain Buster Boys, we've got a band from ringside. Uh, hopefully, Chad and Diesel will come back sometime soon. But obviously, congratulations, Chad, uh, on your newest son, Atticus, being born. And he did confirm that he did name his son Atticus after uh, the character in Kill- To Kill a Mockingbird. So that was pretty badass myself. I thought it was Atticus Koga. Oh. Yeah. Nah, you know, I, I don't think Allison would go for that, as I know Allison. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, all the vehicles, uh, the GGB Sports vehicles and MJB Sports uh, vehicles. Uh, what else? Chris Talks Games, Dungeons and Junkies. I know, Will, I know you're uh, you're talking about joining that. And uh, Am I missing anybody, Graham? As I thought you were deliberately not mentioning any that Matt appeared in, with the exception of Good no. Cop, Bad Cop. And I was chuckling under my breath, and I thought you were just trolling him. But no, no, way too many to try and list his. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember all his. I think that I think that's it. I think you got. I think you got him. Okay. I hope. Um, did you Did you mention the Midwest Wrestling Roundup? <laughs> no, I didn't. I forget to plug my own podcast um, all the time, which uh, last week I did have a great conversation with Ref Jerry about ICW. And uh, also this week I had uh, a couple of the guys that uh, do all the construct, all the weapons uh, for the insane eight for ICW, which is a great conversation, kind of getting their psychology on uh, why they do it. And they're also the, the purveyors of the barbed wire trampoline. That's very prevalent and nice in, uh, at the Insane Aid. But everyone enjoy this, uh, the Shining Wizards commercials, and we'll see everybody on the other side of the break. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh. We cry. We interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps.
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, high fivers. We are back. And uh, Graham did remind me. I did forget uh, the Phoenix Splash Phoenix Splash podcast. Uh, both former guests of this show, um, Brain Buster Boys Brett and Ban from Ringside JCB, do a great job of doing all Japanese wrestling, which is on fucking fire right now. So make sure you check out that show too. Uh, they're covering obviously the G1s going on right now. Uh, the N1 is what start in Noah uh, coming up soon, and I know there's a tournament going on in Stardom. So uh, Brett and JCB got you covered on that. But gentlemen, uh, for the main event of the evening, uh, insert Mark Henry clip right here. We are going to go over Ring of Honor TV episode 98, original air date August 3rd, 2013. Um, Graham, I always ask Will this question: Do you have any idea roughly what you're doing? Uh, August of 2013. August of 2013. Uh, well, I'm in America. I've uh, been back for four years at this point. Um, no Jackson at this point. So um, Mason would be five years old. Uh, probably watching, probably going to see lots of sporting events, I'm guessing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just doing lots of young kid stuff. Mini golf, yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrap, wrapping up my my first season as a the the sales manager over at the general store at Redfish Lake Lodge, where I met my wife. So obviously that's a big thing to me. But uh, um, real quick, gentlemen. So yeah, obviously this is episode ninety eight. Uh, quick recap of Steel Cage Warfare. Um, 
And uh, Will, real quick, how do you like how they kind of switched up the style, how they do the clips and then the intro? Um, have you kind of noticed that? Has that made any difference in your life at all? No. Okay. Um, I just I just noticed stupid stuff like that. And then uh, Will or uh, Graham, obviously, is, is you are, don't watch uh, as much Ring of Honor TV as we do. Uh, did they give you enough synopsis of what happened at Steel Cage Warfare? Um. I don't think so. Now, one of the things... Okay, before we get started, one of the things that I'm really bad at doing, and you mentioned that you... Thankfully, you listen to podcasts at times, too, so this is not going to be quite so bad. You're not going to be quite as appalled by this. One thing I loved on the uh, the Ring of Honor Club, or the Honor Club, sorry, um, you can select speed for this. Now, I did not watch it at times, too, out of respect <laughs> for the fact that you got, I knew that I had to pay slightly more attention. I did speed it up to times 1.25 because I knew that would make no difference. So I could watch the 50-minute show in about 40 minutes. Um, that's a great feature of the Honor Club. And then I was like, oh, hold on, there's a commercial in here. I'm like, oh, they didn't edit the commercials out? I was like, that's kind of strange. So I wasn't sure if I was supposed to fast-forward those and only focus on the matches. So um, after I, I, did, I skipped the first group, and then after that, I was like, oh, shoot, they might actually talk about the minutiae sure things like this so i was like i better leave it on or it might be something you've talked about for a previous 90 plus episode so i was like i don't know what's going on so i was picking up little bits but i'm gonna be honest i wasn't that focused on that because i was like that's not really to me that wasn't super important so that might be me perhaps misreading it but um i was watching it but it wasn't really it wasn't resonating with me because i didn't see the whole thing so because i'm jumping in literally at a very specific episode. So for you guys, more, I understand that's way more important. But for me, it, it didn't really make any difference. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's absolutely perfect. Like I said, obviously the gimmick of the show is if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, would you tune in? And, and things like that, like, I mean, to be honest, I'll bullshit aside as much as we hate it, that was a very important blow-off to, like, the main storyline for six months. But let's say you watching as, like, a first-time viewer, you didn't get that feeling. It didn't mean yeah. it, I wasn't like, show me the wrestling. <laughs> like, I know yeah. I knew who was going to appear in this, and I saw ACH was in the first one. I was like, oh, ACH. Like, I was like, that sounds so. Yeah. I was like, yeah, show, so bring on the wrestling pretty much. And uh, Graham, I don't know if you noticed that Will uh, chuckled quite loudly when you were talking about the speed. Uh, they literally just added that like three weeks ago. Oh, they did? Yeah. That's a we... great feature. Like, of all the channels that I have for wrestling, I can't do that. Um, that's why I used to watch highlights of WWE on YouTube, because you can change the speed. Um, yeah, and that they... might be something I'm going yeah. back to. Honor, Honor Club had it, and then when they rebranded it under, like, the when it became, like, the new, like, quote-unquote run of Honor Club, they changed the video player, so it didn't have, like, the... The, the the different speeds or like the jump thirty seconds or oh literally and what what two three I'm an up. asshole right and I just watch stuff I don't take notes or anything but Tom takes time and tries to do a good job so Tom would would watch the shows twice once just to watch it and then do another run for notes oh wow okay. So he's like, this is terrible. My God, makes I fell asleep during the Jay Lethal match, no matter what. So it doesn't matter what speed <laughs> I'm watching it in. Um, yeah, but no, and to uh, to Graham's point too for the opening, you know, like we're we're watching this right. So Steel Cage Warfare was they primed it kind of to be a big deal. I mean, they really could have done a better job at making it a bigger thing. But as far as the context of this episode, like it really didn't affect the 
the events of the episode at all. Yeah. Like it, it probably would have been a better thing to get a a clip of the beatdown that resulted in Jay Briscoe's shoulder being wrecked to where he had to vacate the title that they're going to bring up later. Versus now that part the, I did pay attention to. That part I did pay attention to because I'm interested in the Briscoes. So when I was like, "Oh, he was a champion. Now he's not, and there's no current champion." And so that First part time. did really stick with me. But I didn't realize that was necessarily leading off from that pay per view that you mentioned. First time ever that the Ring of Honor title's been vacated yeah, like that. So, that, yeah. so um, which I don't, I don't know. I Brandon would. I think there's another time. I don't know. We'll, we'll take him at their word. And we love Kevin Kelly right, on this show. There's there's no other time, no other time they've had to vacate the in title ele- in eleven years. And <laughs> that might be some some Vince Man history, but uh, but uh, real quick, I know this is not really to do with Ring of Honor, but um, speaking of the two times speed, like the G1, like the New Japan World, you can do it two times the speed. Oh, so, so that has also helped. Oh. I've been able to watch every single New Japan, you know, G1 match. That wow. might actually get me into New Japan if I can do that. Because the only thing I can really do it for is Netflix has times 1.5, which is thank you for doing that, Netflix. Yeah, And that's it. That's pretty much YouTube. And I'm not seeing anyone else do it. So it's just there's certain parts of wrestling where I just need to get a feel for it. Like, I don't right. need to see I don't need to see you prancing around the ring. I know what's going on. Like, cut to the check. So I'm. Time is limited for a lot of people, and um, that's if I can watch something quicker, I, I will. And oh. um, it's bad, but I like watching wrestling at times too. Well, no, no but I, I didn't. But I didn't for this one. It was one point two five, and I had forty minutes, so that wasn't. Re- and I'm on holiday now, so it's different. But when I get back to work, time is definitely at the essence. And that was something because you asked, like, having seen this one episode, is this something that would get you wanting to watch more of this? And if that's something that Ring of Honor does, then yeah, that's that's a huge selling point to me. It's probably of no interest to most people. But for me, that's how I listen to podcasts. That's how I listen to audiobooks. That's how I watch a lot of my television. My DVDs I was talking to you about, I watch them at times two and a half with subtitles on so I can read what's going on as they're speaking it. That's that's just everyone hates that I do it, but that's that's just how I get my content. Well, I mean, those people may hate on you, but you also listen to more podcasts than most people do, and you also do a great job of helping put over said podcasts. Uh, so those people can kiss your ass. I mean, really. I mean, obviously, if it, if it helps you, I mean, and for me, I'm the same way. Like, so you suggested that. I'm like, that's a really good idea. Like, no offense. I mean, I listen to Good Cop Back at two times speed. I'm, I mean, so obviously, it's, you know, it's two plus hours now, but, you know, I get, you know, it's an hour of my walk on Sunday nights, and it's perfect. For me, and yeah. I obviously I enjoy the content. I'm not just saying it because you're on yeah. the show, yeah. um, but you don't. And if I do miss something, boy, there's this rewind button. I can hit pause and I can rewind and slow it down. And like, oh, that's what they said. The Psh. thing that's interesting to me is I've, I'm talking more about my friends on Facebook rather than rather than, rather than people on Twitter who've mocked me like how can you get your content that way i don't understand it but those same people now use that same tactic when we have uh, professional development to do and it's watching a youtube video they'll watch it at times too <laughs> so all of a sudden they can watch it at times to pick up everything that they need to uh but yeah what used to be an hour video of training is now 30 minutes and for me times two is slow like to me that's a breeze for them it's more difficult because it's sped up a little bit but yeah people are doing it now it's what? just well, it's it's so funny. We're going to go off another tangent because this is our podcast. And we do whatever the fuck we want. Um, but I like when when I go back to like one speed, I'm like, God damn, this is fucking slow. It's I'm too like, slow. It's yeah. too slow. 
And Ooh. if I and I don't vanity listen to my own podcast very often, but when I do, I do listen two times the speed. Yep. So it's not like I just do it, you know, through everyone else's podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, Will, do you do that? Do you listen at like normal speed, or do you do like times two at all? Or I don't watch movies or listen to stuff on the 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 fed, this. I mean, I've accidentally set a couple records on the forty. 40- on you know the the forty five instead of the thirty three you know that's, that that's that's led to some <laughs> wild stuff, but uh, but no like I get because there's some stuff and it's kind of like Tom talked about keeping up with the G one but it's like those new Japan cards sometimes they have like an it seems like almost two hours of like here's just a bunch of tag matches or here's a, it's like yeah I, I I'll just click the the taskbar and like we'll just but even then, that's something the Ring of Honor player up till recently didn't really have. So you couldn't even like jump ahead if you would already like watch part of it. So we were, you were kind of trapped watching. Well, like if you miss something, it's like, oh, geez, I got to try to. Because I also had issues with like different like my couldn't do it on the laptop. It wasn't working on like my phone. It wouldn't work on. I normally watch it on my TV through my Xbox. So it's like I can't navigate this player and get it to be like a functional thing it's been a lot better i mean tom and i both noticed it the same day he sent me a screenshot he's like look it's <laughs> here yeah i mean and if you miss something you had to do the whole like on the bar and you, you go back three minutes well you want to go back 10 seconds um so fuck you a little bit less tony Khan, for fucking up our honor club um but unless and graham just for context so what what i do is let's say tomorrow um, I will watch next week's episode, you know, at regular speed, just while I'm working, not really paying attention, just kind of get a feel for the episode. And yeah. then just before we record, I'll do it on two speed because I've already seen it, but then I can take my notes and then I can pause. So, I mean, um, but I just do that for TV. I don't do for like the pay-per-views. Those I only watch once. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not doing that, you know, a three hour pay-per-view twice, especially the are a little more special as well. Yeah. This, and then, you, Yeah. Yeah, and we'll actually we gotta talk about that too for next week too. I forgot to mention that, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, where were we? Oh, we're <laughs> we should probably talk That's about one. some wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys think of uh three And obviously, I'm assuming you guys both know who that is, right? Oh. I didn't even know who one point was. <laughs> so I'm um so I'm although I said I looked on cage match, I didn't look to see how long the matches were. I just pulled up the card. So, um, yeah, I'd never heard of 3.0. And this is kind of embarrassing. I got very distracted. Um, I saw ACH, who I recognized. And then 3.0, I didn't recognize. But I saw Scott Parker. And me being English, Scott Parker is a soccer player. (laughs) I started looking up that. Um, So Scott Parker represented England at every level from under 16 to senior, which I thought was interesting. Uniquely, he won his first four England caps while playing for four different clubs. Yeah, that's very strange. Uh, Parker was a member of the England team, which reached the quarterfinals of Euro 2012. And then I was looking at all the teams he'd played for. And um, the last team he played for, Tom, was of particular interest to me um, because it's Fulham. And we actually had a bet last year on uh, Fulham. And for some reason, you decided to uh, go with my co-host and say that they would finish bottom of the Premier League when in reality they finished, I don't remember in the end, it was like 11th out of 20. Um, I'm going to let you off that bet because I believe you you have a t-shirt for me. Is that right? I do. So I will take that as payment for the bet. 
Okay. Seen as you were, fo- but you, I'm hoping that you've learned the lesson not to. Whenever it's to do with betting, you do not go with what Matt says. You <laughs> always pick the opposite. That's that's my side hustle right now. Whenever he says I want to bet on something, I always pick the opposite, and yeah. um, it's what it's worked every time so far. And while I saw that one, when I first googled Scott Parker, I actually saw we talked about hockey earlier. I did not know there was a hockey player called Scott Parker. So <laughs> let me have a look at this person. Uh, debuted in 1994, kind of went through the minor leagues, uh, played for Colorado in 1998, went back to the minors for the Hershey Bears, which is not too far away from me, and then went back to the Colorado Avalanche in 2000 to 2003, later went to the San Jose Sharks and then finished his career with Colorado. Um, that would have been, just as I was arriving in the States, that would be a time that Raymond Bork went back to Colorado and won the, the Stanley Cup right at the end of his career. So that he was, was awesome. part of that Stanley Cup winning team. So for me, I was like, whoa, I found out a lot about Scott Parker, not the one who was in 3.0. <laughs> and the match was three minutes and 24 seconds, and I missed the whole match. So I, I don't know anything <laughs> except what I was listening to. But I was like, I know you guys will cover that side of it. So, um, um, that's literally all I have to tell you about it, the different Scott I, and will you know who that I, is right? i didn't realize i just looked it up because i just thought they were just because graham they they do this a lot where they have like an established tag team where they have like you know whatever team they're trying to build and they do bring in like the local enhancement like but they give like the guys like the full-on entrance and like whatever uh so like a couple yeah it wouldn't have been a couple weeks ago we had um John Silver and Alex Reynolds were on. Hmm. But uh, this week we got the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daddy Magic. Yeah, I, I had to look it up, though. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize them by, yeah. by sight. But... No, Graham, you're, you don't watch much AEW nowadays, right? I've been terrible. I haven't watched any this year at all. Uh, okay. Except for when I was in England. Uh, but it was the previous week's episode because I was very confused. I was like, hold on, I've already heard people talking about this. Um, no, I've been very bad. I haven't even really watched highlights. Only thing, only thing I'm picking up is what people are talking about on Twitter. In fact, I got busted on my own podcast this week for not even realizing that MJF had turned face. I I did not know that side of that story at all. Yeah. Um... No, I'm really bad on AEW this year. Well, the reason I the reason I ask is because yeah, these guys are the tag team of Chris Jericho's Jericho Appreciation Society. Ah, did not did not make that connection. At yeah, all. they they were two point in NXT, and then they came over here. Yeah, Matt Menard and Jeff, or uh, I think his real name is Jeff Parker. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that were doing those funny sports entertainment announcements last year. Uh, I was like, yeah, doing sports, blah blah blah. blah. So I don't know. I thought it was a big deal. Um, they're big friend. They're actually very good friend, real life friends with uh, Kevin Steen, obviously being Canadian and everything. Um, but yeah, and Will and I are big fans of ACH and Tadarius Thomas. I'm sure you don't know much about him, uh, but like Will, I recognize uh, the name. I've seen some of his matches. Yeah, uh, not a lot of personality, but great in the ring, and they're great as a tag team. Uh, but yeah, like you said a three minute match. Um, you know, but they got a lot in for three minutes. Yeah. You know, I they, I thought they had good chemistry, and then obviously at the end of the match, ACH hits that uh that unique DDT. Or, do we have a name for that DDT thing he does? Will I don't remember. No, they just call it a DDT, which is sweet. And I love ACH. Obviously, AC, I have an ACH T-shirt on my profile uh in my Twitter machine. So, um, but yeah, that is currently two point oh. Uh, so it's good to see those guys on there. So, 
Um. Oh, and actually, real quick, I do want to mention. So they were um highly influenced by Rick Martel. Um, Will, I know that's probably a little bit before your time, but uh, Graham, how familiar with Rick Martel outside of WWF are you? Or at all? Uh, not really at all, except for the name. Not even his stuff in WWE. I, yeah, if I'm getting a quiz, I'm scoring zero. Okay, yeah, he's a former tag team champion with uh, Tito Santana in Strikeforce. Um, but he might actually be one of the greatest AWA a- um, heavyweight champions. And he literally just disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, he retired, and he's like, fuck all of you wrestling people. So no one's actually talked to him for a long time. So uh, hopefully Rick Martel comes back sometime soon. It'll be interesting to see what he's got to say. So uh, but real quick, we mentioned earlier. So, yeah, we did have the 855 cash now. I have not called that number back. Uh, the Welcome to Sandy Fork DVD that Will and I will be reviewing this sometime soon. Uh, but Graham, but you might have missed this, but you could text this week to get a picture of Veda Scott. If I did text, miss that. I was te- excited when I saw Veda Scott because she was one of the, with the female wrestlers at Nova Pro when I started going watching things at the Indies. Yeah. I knew yeah, that she-, she was on Ring of Honor. I did know that side of it, but it's always exciting when you see people that you recognize kind of a little more personally than just on TV. Yeah, and she's she had her first match, and she's basically like the head announcer, booker, slash of the women, that well, the very shitty women's division of Ring of Honor, unfortunately, right now. Uh, we will be doing a tournament. Our, uh, will, Brown and I are going to do our own. We're going to book our first women's champion uh, for 2013 Ring of Honor, but that's in the future. Um, but yeah, they do this gimmick where you can text a number. I tried it. It doesn't work. So Ten um, years I, later? Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, shocker. But uh, uh, real quick, the aforementioned Nigel McGuinness uh, does get out and he announces, you know, that, you know, Ring of Honor won Steel Cage Warfare, that scum is finally gone, but one of the big casualties uh, of the war was Jay Briscoe and quote unquote for the first time uh, the ring of honor world championship has been vacated. Um, and real quick, I do want to address so Jay because in the promo is like, Nigel, give me a break, man. You know, I know you can identify. Um, so Graham, are you aware of the career that Nigel McGuinness had as a wrestler? Only from the uh, documentary on WWE. Okay. I, I think um, it was on WWE, but yeah, I, I like Nigel McGuinness. I think he's a good commentator. So I'm kind of a little disappointed that he was that he left um, NXT, but yeah, I do remember watching that documentary, and I'm I'm trying to remember some of the matches that he had, but yeah, no, yeah, career cut short through injury, from what I can remember. Hepatitis. Oh, okay, did not remember that, but yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, if you get a chance to go watch, listen, anything with Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson. Um, we're hopefully going to do it. We, uh, Will and I and our friend Eric and Brendan did, uh, Jerry Lynn versus Nigel McGuinness, which is awesome. But basically Nigel McGuinness is uh, wrestling for about six months with a completely separated shoulder. Um, mm. yeah. So that was kind of where, where Jay Briscoe. Um, so I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Uh, but then our current tag team champions, uh, Red Dragon, uh, come out and announce that their match at the main event against the forever Fooligans, which actually is forever hooligans. Uh, will be a world title match, not a proven ground match. Um, and then the American Wolves come out, say a bunch of words, blah, 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 blah. Um, Graham, how familiar were, um, obviously I'm assuming, you know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly from NXT. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with their tag team Red Dragon? A little bit because of the pay-per-views that I watched with the videos. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously Red Dragon's got, uh, they're, they're putting the titles up on the line. Uh, Will, what did you think of this promo? Tom, why are we prioritizing? Why are we prioritizing the tag team championships when we have a TV title? 
don't know, maybe because the TV title has been, I don't know, maybe the, the tag team t division needs a boost, and it needs a boost. Like, I'm all for the tag team titles being the focus, but it just felt a little weird to me. It's like, we're not, we're not going to mention the TV title at all, like uh, what's supposed to be your secondary singles title. And you're on TV? And it's a and TV you're title? On TV. That's classic Ring of Honor booking. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, I was I thought, glad. I oh. thought it was a little uh, little ballsy of, of Red Dragon to be like, hey, forget the proving ground. Let's just go to the – it's like, wow. It's awfully brash of these heels. Yeah, and I, and I didn't think of anything at the time. Um, but then obviously they are the current – or as of then, the current IDWGB junior heavyweight – or junior heavyweight tag team champion, so – and uh, sorry, I just hit my Bob Uecker bobblehead by accident. So if you hear Bob Uecker in the background, sorry about that. Um, but real quick, Graham, so did you kind of – so obviously you said you're kind of a, uh, a Briscoe's mark like I am. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter that Chad sent me something of uh, Mark Briscoe doing a doomsday device after jumping off the third rope. I did not, know. If you get a chance to check out that clip, uh, Mark Briscoe is a it's national treasure. I wouldn't say that I was a, a Briscoe's mark, because I just haven't seen many of their matches, but just the fact that they're kind of local, um, yeah. they, they have more significance to me. And um, one of the wrestlers who we interviewed on MGB was actually very good friends with the Briscoes. So nice. kind of, once they, obviously when one, geez, I, was it Jay that died? I'm, yeah. I get it wrong. So I know that that, kind of stung him really badly Oof. like they lived in sort of the same area um so i, I think it's more of a personal a connection. connection just because okay. the, the proximity rather than a good understanding of their matches um uh, but if i see that their matches are on then i'm going to make an effort to watch them like i think the um when i part of that fight package i remember watching on nwa they had some sort of tag team tournament and the briscoes were in that so i was like oh yeah i'm gonna so yeah I, it's uh, ring of honor kind of was not on my radar for a long period of time so i don't know much about their career but what i have seen i like um, well, we will be doing a future watch along with uh, one of the presidents of this um, network. Uh, it'll be Kevin Steen and El Generico versus the Briscoes. So you might want to stay tuned for that um, for sure. So if you ever need a list of Briscoes matches to watch, um, I could definitely hook you up with that. So because you've actually traveled to Delaware to see wrestling, haven't you? I did, yeah. Um, one one CW wrestling in, I thought it was Houston, but apparently it's Houston. Um, so yeah, Houston, Delaware. And they also have the uh, the CCW uh, wrestling there as well, the uh, okay. Capital Championship Wrestling. Um, that's one of the reasons why I have Title Match Network, so I can watch their women's events that are out in Delaware, because those shows are really good. So uh, yeah, no, I've been been out to Delaware a few times. Nice, okay. Yep. Um. And uh, we'll do anything more um, on this promo and everything, and then let's see the American Wolves come out, blah, 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 say words. Um, yeah, nothing really out of the ordinary. You got anything else, Will? Oh, oh okay. titles. Okay. Like, okay, David. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they keep giving that guy a microphone. Hey, but... words. <sighs> yeah. But uh, we do find all out... All the personality of a paper bag. Great wrestler, but no personality. Uh, but next, our, uh, we do find out next week. Uh, so, Graham, if you are hooked, you can uh, definitely watch some more Ring of Honor TV. But we do have a six-man. Uh, so it's Champa, Steen, and Elgin uh, versus the aforementioned American Wolves and BJ Whitmer. Um, 
I'm excited for this match, but I what's the impetus between this? I, I don't know. These guys were all like aligned on Team Ring of Honor, uh, but now they're going to be against each other. And um, and this guy, in the off chance that you do listen to this, uh, I would definitely go out of your way because I know you're a big Tommaso Ciampa guy. Uh, check out Tommaso Ciampa versus Michael Elgin, best in the world, a couple weeks ago. Uh, pretty close to the match of the year for us so far this year, 2013. So, um, would you agree, Will? Yeah, it was pretty good. So, I don't know if it's quite match of the year or not, but uh, we'll see. But, um, obviously, the heart of this promo is that Jay's being stripped of the title, and uh, they are going to have a tournament. And uh, Elgin cuts a little promo saying here they wanted to give him the belt, but he's like, no, I want to have a tournament. So this is tournaments all Michael Elgin's idea. That's interesting. Uh, But I'm going to go over the bracket. It's 16 men. Uh, So it's first the National Treasure, Mark Briscoe versus Adam Cole. Uh, We get Jay Lethal versus Sanjay Dutt. It's good to see Sanjay Dutt back. Uh, It's Tomasa Ciampa versus uh, Silas Young or Adam Page, whoever wins the match that we watched this week. Uh, So we'll get to see a result there. Uh, but Michael Bennett versus BJ Whitmer, Carl Anderson versus ACH, uh, Paul London's back uh, versus Michael Elgin, and uh, Matt Taven versus Roderick Strong, and Brian Kendrick versus Kevin Steen. Um, real quick, Will, are what match out of this are you excited to see? I mean, ACH Machine Gun will be cool. I mean, and we—I was just—I just brought it up. I mean, Matt Taven's your TV champ, right? So. Why are they not putting more emphasis on this TV title? Maybe they give Matt Taven. Maybe it's also going to be like a stepping stone. See how he does being in a more prominent spot. Yeah, unfortunately, I already know the results of this tournament, so I'm going to try and keep it open. But um, <laughs> honestly, I am really excited for Paul London versus uh, Michael Elgin. Um, Graham, are you familiar with Paul London at all? I know he's a former WWE. Yeah, okay. not massively, but yeah. Um, I thought the tournament sounded dumb, to be honest. I was like, why? Okay, so on this episode of the show, because the tournament's going to be on TV, yeah. we only had three matches, and first round, you need eight matches. So I'm like, how long is this tournament going on for? Like, you can, I understand this sort of long-term storytelling, but for tournaments, you want it to be kind of a bit more snappy than that. I, I thought it would have been better to just have eight people. And then you got four matches in the first round, which you could probably get four in one show. And then you could sixteen's too many to me. I I, I didn't see the point of that. Really, like, there's you can you can't knock. This kind of feels like that question earlier about name your top ten. For me, it was like that's too many. Let's go a little bit less. Whereas you were the opposite. It, like, let's have some. It work. is a little too many, right? Because they yeah. have like all the fans voting in like this guy, and then these guys kind of have a playing in match. It's like all right, so you're pretty much saying these are two slots you didn't need. So it just like you feels picked, like you're gonna have like you could have picked two people to have buys, right, in this tournament. You could have said, you know what, you already pretty much earned a shot, so you you don't necessarily have to have a match. But and, yeah, too many matches. It's like you do you really need eight matches just to get down to the final eight people? To me, that just seems too much. And they've like, done some tournamenty stuff on TVs before, but it's only been like four people in contention, right? So it's like a you you win your match, you win another match, and like it's done. This is a lot. 
Yeah, like so. What does that mean then? You already said the women's division is kind of shitty anyway, and then you've got the the tag team divisions just going to get ignored at the same time. Like I don't know. I don't know how you could put so much effort into just that. That that was that was that was my thoughts straight away. You got to have fifteen matches to crown a winner on a show where you only have like if it was part of the pay per view. That to me would have made more sense. Like you could have the first round as part of the pay per view and then move on, or you could have the finals within the pay. But to have them all on TV, I, I, I didn't like it at all. I'm not saying some of the matches didn't look good, but to me, just it, it's going to drag on too much. I would think. I don't remember if the finals are on a pay per view or not, because Glory by Honor, because this stretches out till September. Yeah. Um. So I'm not actually. Yeah. I guess we're gonna. I guess you're going to have to listen to the show, uh, Graham, to see how this turns out. So, shameless plug. I can go to Cage Match. That's no fun. Or, or, you, can, or you can Google it, right? <laughs> what? Well, I can watch it at times, too, I guess, so that'll speed or, it up. Uh, no, the only or way you can wait, find out... Like, you know, Tom, Tom's all about how you had this great factoid about the the college football or the college uh, team callers or whatever. So Tom could have said, hey, I'll put a link to the episode so you guys can go listen to this episode and get the answer. And Tom's like, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I wonder if I wonder if we're going to actually see all of it. I wonder if there's some of these matches that they're just going to have on, like, whatever, like, live event. Because we, we do have some live event. Do we have, like, live events mixed in here? You know, there's, so they might squeeze some matches in there, or they might... I mean, we saw in the feud with Scum because there was one thing where it was Kevin Steen was fighting every member of Scum like one on one, but oh, his match against Cliff Compton we didn't see. It was like, oh, they had an empty arena match somewhere. It's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Since that just dropped that on us, cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in my my gripe with this is you know I'm trying to be a positive person. But let, let's face facts, the Ring of Honor roster here is a little thin. You know, so you do 16 guys, and it really kind of exposes. Because four of these guys aren't regular on your regular roster. Uh, Carl Anderson, uh, Sanjay Dutt, uh, Kendrick, and Paul London are not part of your regular roster. So you're really kind of showing your ass here by, you know. Uh, and don't get me so wrong, I'm excited, all, I'm excited all four of those guys are in the tournament, but. No, but that's the that's also to Graham's point, right? So you have four yeah. guys who aren't in your normal roster. You've got one spot that was voted for, which, I mean, we all love ACH, but is ACH really primed to be like a world title contender? Not really right now, he's not. And then we, we've got a match, Silas Young versus Adam Page, which is a match we've already seen a couple times. Now it's like, oh, well, they could get into a play-in match. It's like, yeah, but if they're in the play-in match, they're probably not like – Prime to be like a serious threat in this tournament. Well, Will, it's funny that you mentioned that play in match because that's what's next. Can I just um, tell you one other thing? I'm not going to do any spoilers. Um, but uh, so we're on episode 98 right now. So around episode 105, you're going to start looking at the second round matches. Episode 106 is when the semifinals are. So we're talking a episode. Um, so obviously this film hasn't started yet. But once it starts, we're looking at eight episodes in the... F I assume this is once a week. Two months just to get to the second round matches? Holy crap. That, that's that's pretty drawn out. I, I've lost interest by that point. Um, that's some how desperate are you to get a champion? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they and they do all these like and they do their TV toppings like in big blocks, like that MLW show. Sure, sure. Um, and like I said, yeah, be in like 
and uh, we were talking about on the, on the last episode with Steel Cage Warfare. It was weird because they did everything leading up to that match, and then you get the main events at the same TV taping. Yeah, which I just thought was weird. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be interesting. But uh, but real quick, uh, next week also do get Bob, uh, Mike Bennett versus Brutal Bob, and uh, the Prodigy is now revived. He's no longer the Prodigy, but um, we get Silas Young, Milwaukee's um, own. Uh, close personal friend of your boy High Five Tom here. Uh, yep, I'm gonna pick up that name I just dropped. Uh, versus Adam Page. Um, and Will mentioned earlier that we've seen these two a couple times, which we have. And uh, I would say, I don't know, maybe I'm overestimating, but last time these two wrestled might be the best under five minute match we've seen in Ring of Honor TV history. These two packed in a like like ACH in uh, Tadarius Thomas versus 3.0 packed a lot into under five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, QT Marshall inserts himself. Now, um, if you just see QT Marshall at the Nightmare Factory, AEW, I am a QT Marshall fan. I don't want to talk for Will. I think he's starting to come around to him, too. The guy is really good at what he does. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Are we agreeing on something, Tom? Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I was about ready to come in with my hot take that I actually I like him as a heel. Um, I don't know much about his career, but when we were we went to a couple of AEW tapings um, on consecutive, well, not consecutive nights, but kind of close together. And on both times, he gets a great reaction from the crowd. And I thought he played a great heel. So when I saw he was on this, I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I've never seen an early QT Marshall. So I was kind of keen to see what he does. And um, I thought it was I thought it was good stuff. No, I I'm, I like QT Marshall. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm a big fan. I know Will's starting to come around on him, too. Uh, but speaking of Tubi, there's he's got a really good documentary on Tubi. Uh, that's worth the watch too, by the way. So and Tubi is free, um, Graham, because I know you're very thrifty like I am. So anytime I thought we can say Tubi it. was just your kind of cool name for YouTube at the start. No, it's an actual. Yeah, it's, an, it's a movie website. No. Tubi. Oh, I had not heard that. I thought that was. I thought oh that no, Dicky like D's from McDonald's. I thought you called YouTube Tubi. No, no, it's an actual. What? Yeah. Um. Check check it out. It's their own entity. Yeah. yeah they, no. Yeah, they have a shit ton of movies on Tubi. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's, it's it's. I mean, yeah, you get ads, but yeah, no, it's totally free. Um, Lucha Underground was on there for a little while, but that's how I started watching Tubi. But um, you watch it times too. No, that's the one drawback. That's the one drawback. So right, Graham's like not interested. I'm gonna watch this thing <laughs> on, on one speed. Not happening. I know it, it's the same on Amazon Prime. So I have to watch the X Files at regular speed. So all eleven seasons of it. But that's an story itself. Graham, Graham goes to his local AMC. Goes to knock on the booth. It's like, hey, can you speed this up? <laughs> like I don't got all day. I don't like going to the cinema at all. Uh, it's got to be something super special for me to want to go. And unfortunately, probably in the last fifteen years, I think the only films I've seen at the cinema are all PG because it's with the kids. Yeah. Kids want to go see something. It's like, sure. Like, I haven't watched an adult film, like a, an R-rated film, and I don't know how long at the cinema. But I, I'm always prepared. Like, I'm patient enough. I'm like, I'll wait till it comes out on Redbox. I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix. I'm not that bothered. And yeah. um, the the concessions are way cheaper in my house than what they are at the uh, cinema as well. Yes. So. I don't know. So, yeah, Faith and I really like going to the movies. We've got a couple of small, the old-timey movie theaters here. So you got the, the full couches and, the, you know... The weight, the weight staff and everything. So we actually went and saw, um, uh, I'll probably get canceled for saying this, but I actually yeah, went and saw the Barbie movie on uh, Saturday. It was okay. I would like to see so the we. film. We, uh, we went to see Barbie on Saturday too. 
Oh, wow. Did you go for a night showing or an afternoon showing? We opted for an early afternoon because, I mean, there okay. was showings like all day. Like, <laughs> he was like, do you want to get some tickets ahead of time in case it's busy? I'm like, take your pick. Like, it's it's literally running like all day. What'd you think? Did you dress in pink? I did not. I uh, I don't have a lot of pink in my wardrobe. And I, I mean, wasn't about to go out and buy it. I wasn't. I'm not so keen on the movies that I have to go buy a like an outfit <laughs> to go out, and you know. But uh, I thought it was all right. Um, it was. I thought it was a little long. Yeah. Um, it does clock in at about two hours. And there's there's some things where it's like the point is made, and I don't want to say there's things like I'm not saying like stuff could have been short, but there's there was a lot of moments where like you know we could have. Shaved a couple minutes off this here and there. Maybe got this down to like more like an hour and a half. Maybe like a, a strong hour forty-five. Yeah, but it was cool seeing uh, Rhea Perlman, uh, also known as Carla from Cheers, big Cheers mark in the movie. So yeah, it wasn't bad. It was okay. I totally agree with Will's assessment on that, by the way. But back to some wrestling again. Um, but yeah, QT Marshall has inserted himself into this. Um, you know, Adam Page gets on the mic. Obviously, he's not the Adam Page promo style. Um, um, and he he just got his contract, too, based on the last match they had. Well, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but three very underestimated talents. Listen, obviously, I'm a big uh, Silas Young fan. Uh, but I they worked well. You know, I love that move where Adam Page went for the drop kick on QT Marshall and flipped into a moonsault on um, Silas. I thought that was a good move. Um you know, starting to see Paige come out of the shell, but in the end, uh, Silas misses misses misery, uh, misses the misery move on Paige. Uh, Paige goes up to the top rope, uh, and QT shoves him off. Uh, QT does. Let's take the elbow pad, and Silas rolls him up for the win. And it's Silas uh, in the tournament versus Champa in the first round. And per my notes here, I have sign me the fuck up. Champa versus Silas. Um, they've got some history in AAW. Uh, let's see if you can go back and watch, you know, obviously Will and I did a, a watch along of a, a couple AAW matches, uh, Ring of Honor adjacent, but, uh, I'm looking forward to that match for sure. Um, gentlemen, I know I kind of bogarted it like I like to do. Uh, any thoughts on this match besides you guys both loved it? Um, it wasn't long enough. Uh, I was yeah. wanting to see more. I was excited to see a young uh adam page and concept virginian as well i believe yeah uh, so i was yep. interested to see him at that and i was interested to see how the qd marshall dynamic i assumed qd marshall was gonna win like i was like you putting him in a match and then he's not gonna win like that didn't see so i was watching the dynamics of it but yeah it was just over way too quick like they managed it to was... get a lot in the short amount of time they had they managed to get a lot in but i, I wanted more yeah, I kind of felt that's, cheated. That's kind of the, the downside when they do these episodes with more than just two matches. Is what one of the matches is always like shorter than maybe it could have been. I thought the QT promo before the match started was it's it seemed a little weird, a little seemed a little out of character, and like oh they want me to be fired, they boom. It's like that's that's not the character he had been presenting him. He's been a heel, but he's not out there like, oh, they don't like me. They want me to be fired. Like That felt a little weird. Then to have Adam Page just kind of be like, yeah, Nigel, put him in. It's like, kid, you've been here for two seconds. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's funny you say kid. 
Uh, I think he's 22 at this point. But Graham, you are aware that he's a professor at Virginia Tech at this point, right? Oh, no. In real life. Yeah. yeah, he graduated college when he was 20. He was teaching in Virginia Tech by the time he was 21. I knew he was teaching, but I didn't. I thought it was in like a high school or a middle oh, school. I didn't well. realize it was professor at Virginia Tech. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What was, do you know what subject he was teaching? I don't. I want to say history, but I could be wrong. That's I don't know. I have to do some investigating on this. I'm interested in that because it is one of the. I would say I used to teach the calc AP. Well, I'm going to say AP calculus because I I know you'll understand what I'm talking about. And I used to teach a lot of those students, and Virginia Tech is one of the most popular destinations for my school. So it's very possible that some of my students who I've taught actually had Adam Page then as their professor without me even even realizing that. I'm sure they have more than one history professor at. Right, uh, Virginia Tech, but the fact that that's even a possibility is really cool to me right now. Yeah, and when I listen, when I first found that, I mean, I've been notorious. Um, Adam Page is one of the, the biggest switches for me. Like 2016, 17, I couldn't stand him. I'm like this dumb fucking jock doing his dumb fucking jock moves. Ooh, big deal. And then I and then I don't know what. And then after by the end of 2017, I was like, I was wrong. A, he's not a dumb jock. B, he can fucking go. Um, so, yeah, I've gone around, and I actually and I drove all the way to Minnesota uh, to see when he, him win the AEW championship, even though that was booked very well after, or shitty after that, but that's not strange itself. Yeah. Um, all right. This olive-loving motherfucker was saying that Adam Page is a whatever guy. How dare you besmirch Adam Page that way? I, you know, I was wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that I was wrong. Are you the last real man? Uh, no, that goes to my, my good, dear personal friend um, and travel mate, uh, Silas Young. So, travel mate. Oh, man. What did I drop there? Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> All travel right, Jim. Mate. You chauffeur in the sky around? I've been known to every once in a while. So, um, yeah, I usually need to ride down to AAW. Yeah, so, and even even Nigel before that match started, it was like, yeah, QT's not going to win anyway. Put him in, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, but Graham, I'm glad that you like. I mean, if you get a chance, he's had a good. He's getting a good push here in Ring of Honor, and he, I mean, he's really good at what he does. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a fan, and I know Will's starting to come around we, too. We but have to, we'd have to look up when exactly happened because he he kind of won in his tournament like he won like a couple matches and they're like oh you won this contract because you won the matches like he had some good showings and then they brought him in they like saddled him up with a manager who's not even there half the time and it's like that kind of stuff could have been executed a little better but his performance and matches have been really fantastic yeah um well uh the main event match of the evening uh the aforementioned red dragon uh, versus the current junior IWGP Tag Team Champions and Rocky Romero and ex- Alex Kozlov, known as the Forever Hooligans. And goddamn it, Rocky Romero has not aged a goddamn day. You look at him today, and he looks the exact same as he did here. Um, and quite possibly the hardest working man in wrestling. So shout out to Rocky Romero. Uh, Graham, were you familiar with all with uh, Rocky Romero and or the familiar or forever hooligans? A little at all? bit. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, I, I've seen him at different different uh, organizations when I've been on the road. 
Yeah. And Will, you I obviously know about I mean Rocky Romero, but do you know much about Alex Kozlov at all? So this is the second time we're seeing them on TV, right? Because they wrestled the American, they wrestled the Wolves. That's right, yeah. A couple months ago. Um, so I knew Kozlov as just an, a commentator for like New Japan Strong. Okay, yeah. Uh, what a what a match we get again! Kind of surprising that Fish and O'Reilly are willing to put their titles on the line. Um, kind of out of the blue when kind of famous for not showing up at pay-per-views to defend and <laughs> yeah, like but they're going to um, show up in Rhode Island. And be like, Let's just put them on the line. And I, I, once we go over the results, I have a couple questions for you guys, but real quick, um, obviously these four have wrestled a lot. Uh, they wrestle a lot in DDT and obviously Noah uh, shows their chemistry is great. Uh, hard hitting, you know, it's definitely that American strong style slash Japanese strong style. Um, I always love that Rocky Romero running into the corner, clotheslining him and just turning around, spinning and doing it again. And then uh, him and Kozlov get into it a little bit, but then they hug it out. So obviously they're chaos guys. So uh, obviously the best friends are with these guys in uh, real life. Um, and obviously Bobby Fish does a great story, you know, with the mouth guard getting all cocky. Um, I had never seen this. Have you guys ever seen uh, the Cossack kicks that Kozlov was doing when he was doing the little dip-down kick thing? Um, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, Nigel says at the beginning, like we'll talk about a little bit earlier, the beauty of rebuilding the tag team division, uh, which sure shit needs it. Uh, there's not a lot of tag teams. The Young Bucks are supposed to be coming back soon. Uh, we are missing the Bravado Brothers. Uh, but in the end, Graham and Will... Rocky Romero was rocked by a knee. Did I hear Bravado Brothers? I seem to yeah. remember. I saw yeah. it was at Nova Pro, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know they yes, were. In- sir. Yeah, they were. They've had a couple. They came back from Japan, um, which actually I think they really did. And they had a, a little bit of a run, and then they disappeared again, which hmm. this division needs them. They were fucking They're great. And uh, one of them is Andrew Chase. Obviously, you know that in NXT now, right? Bar Chase U. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I did not make that connection at all. Yeah, that's the younger younger bravado brother. Um, huh. but yeah, in the end, Rocky Romero is rocked by a knee, uh, and then Red Dragon goes for chasing the dragon. Uh, but Alex Kozlov grabs Bobby Fish, trips him up, and remor- uh, Rocky Romero rolls up Kyle O'Reilly for the pin. Um, and we get a title change on TV. Uh, when I saw this, Graham, I was like, holy shit, do you see a fucking title change? I mean, obviously it doesn't, it doesn't happen quite often, but... Um, Will, real quick, what were your thoughts when that happened? Were you legit shocked? I I had... I was genuinely shocked. Yeah. I, uh... I was not expecting... them to drop, I guess, so soon into this being, like, the focal thing, but also to a team that's not, like, a Ring of Honor team. And not in the United States very often. So it's like, how long is this going to last? Like, is this going to get, like, are they going to run this back at, like, uh, we have all-star extravaganza coming up. Like, is is there going to be something there? Is this going to be something where they just kind of hold it until the next pay-per-view? But it's like you said, if they're not really around, what what's the what's the game plan if this is supposed to be your your new main event titles now? 
Well, I knew that you guys would know the answer, but I didn't know the answer. So I went back and looked like um, how many times has that happened on just a Ring of Honor TV show? And first of all, I was surprised as well that they dropped the, the title did switch hands on a TV show, not a pay-per-view. I was even more surprised when I went to research it how few times the tag team title had even been defended on the tv show so i actually went i so i went back to episode one episode one um it was um charlie Haas and shelton benjamin defeated <laughs> the kings of wrestling and they retained the title uh they eventually lost the title to uh the briscoes but that was on final battle 2011 so that's just that's not a tv show um, it was defended on Ring of Honor 20. So there's 19 episodes um, without a tag team title match. So there's obviously big gaps here. Um, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin retained. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> got the titles back at uh, Ring of Honor Border Wars 2012. Uh, Kenny King and Rhett Titus uh, took the titles at Ring of Honor Best in the World 2012. Uh, Scum, who I know you love, uh, Jimmy Jacobs and, Ski and Steve Carino here, uh, won the titles back at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor 10. In a tournament. Um, they were defended at Ring of Honor 62. So this is only, we're at episode 62, and they've only had three tag team title matches in total. Um, wow. Next one was the Briscoes got it back at Ring of Honor Final Battle 2012. Uh, Ring of Honor 70 and 76, the titles were defended. Uh, Red Dragon won the titles at Ring of Honor 11th Anniversary. And then they were defended at Episode 81 and Episode 95. So if I quickly count up, I think this was only the sixth time in nearly 100 episodes that there had actually been a tag team title match. Which to me was even more shocking, the fact that they were actually twisted over so it was the first time that they'd been turned over on the tv uh tv show but it was only the sixth time in total they'd even been attacked was the tag team division that poorly represented at that time like to well, me i was shocked like when i think of ring of honor that was kind of one of the things i associated with it some of the tag teams well it's That's fun not in 2013 yeah it's funny that you mention uh wrestling's greatest tag team because Probably for the six months, first six months of this podcast, it was the Briscoes and Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team in some kind of match every week for some kind of bull. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating, but there was some kind of promo, some kind of beatdown, you know, that probably didn't even get on to cage match the whole kit and caboodle. Um, so they weren't defending the title. It was it was a running storyline, and they they would do so eight the TV man show. Then is more for setting up ready for the pay per views <sighs> where they would defend the titles. Then. Right. Okay. Um, so, so it wasn't like there was no tag team matches. It just it wasn't the title match. Okay, that's yeah. But I mean, the tag team division is pretty thin. I mean, they just threw ACH and Tadarius Thomas together, uh, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong; they're a great team. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then we've got CNC Russell Factory, Caprice Coleman, Cedric Alexander. Um, obviously, well, and now Jay was the champion, so the Briscoes weren't doing a lot of tag team matches anymore. Um, they had the Bravado Brothers last year. Uh, the Young Bucks have come in and made a couple of appearances, but they haven't been anything steady. Um, yeah, yeah Alabama were, Attitude. Alabama Attitude, yeah. Uh, well, actually, TMDK, you know, the Mighty Don't Kneel. Uh, shout out to Shane Haste and Mikey Nich Nichols doing very well in this year's G1. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's they had a take team turn, but it was a bunch of uh, scrubs thrown together. You know, so yeah, take team divisions definitely it does need some help. Oh, the American Wolves too. Sorry. So it's oh, basically it's it, basically the roster itself is kind of thin overall. 
it, you you do kind of see a lot of the same. Like Tom said, like you know, the the first however long, it's like they just focus on Haas, Benjamin, and the Briscoes, and it's like, oh, we're gonna have a singles match with Jay and Charlie Haas, and they'll have a tag match, and they'll have a singles match again. It's like every week, every week. But also at the time, like when that was going on, like we didn't have Red Dragon yet. The Wolves weren't back together yet. Like it was. It's it's they're they're kind of building that division back up again. So I mean it's, I mean hopefully we get we get a good couple matches out of uh, the Forever Hooligans while they are stateside while they're holding these belts and we'll see who uh, who dethrones them. Yeah, I was shocked because I I thought Red Dragon got a, a nice little run with these belts. So um, yeah, I was you know, and and listen on the rewatch, they did kind of telegraph it a bit because they kept mentioning, I can't believe Red Dragon put the belts up. I can't believe Red Dragon. So they kind of telegraphed it. Did you guys catch that like on a first watch, not knowing the result, or is it just something I knew because I'd seen it before? Okay, so you guys were legit surprised. Well, it's it's out of character, right? Because they're the heels, right? So why would they want to put their belt on the line if they don't have to? And then there's been like the running jokes or whatever, like because they go to Canada and like one of it's like Bobby Fish can't go to Canada, right? So they never defend their belts at like the Canadian shows, and then they really haven't done a ton of defenses. And then for them to just come out on TV and be like. Oh, this doesn't even have to be a proving ground match. We'll just put our titles online because we're like the fighting champions. Like this is kind of weird. Not not really in character. Now we know why. You know, not what not what it's been presented to up to this point. I, I had a I had like a holy shit, like a verbal holy shit moment when you know the the match was over. I was like, no way. Yeah. Wouldn't have seen that coming in a million years, even with all this other stuff, just because it's like, well, there's the team that's on Ring of Honor, and there's this outside team that they've brought in a handful of times. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, is this going to deliver? Are we going to get great tag team wrestling, or is this going to be Fighting February? I hope it's not Fighting February, so. Um, Well, well, gentlemen, listen, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, and they said we talked about earlier and Graham, I suppose this is kind of like the, the coup de gras of the episode. Uh, the million dollar question for you, my friend is if you stumbled on to the WB, uh, about eight o'clock on a Sunday night, and this was on TV, the first time you'd ever seen ring of honor, would you tune in next week? Now, this is a very difficult question to answer, but before I do, I'm, I'm going to apologize for zoning out for a couple of minutes, because once you mentioned Andre Chase, I was like, oh, holy crap. So I was going back to cage match and looking. So Harlem Bravado, the last match he had at Nova Pro, which is where I used to go and watch my wrestling, uh, he was actually a, a, t- a number one contendership for the IWTV title with probably a wrestling, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, um, kind of a local one, Logan Easton LaRoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlem Bravado, Tim Donst, and um, Wheelie Uter. I think you might have heard of that guy. <laughs> um, that that was his last match, actually, at Nova Pro, uh, December 2018. I was like, oh, my gosh. The reason the Bravado brothers specifically 
registered with me because you've seen I have a very bad memory is I remember the episode of MGB. Mason claimed that one of the Bravado brothers had grown six inches from his uh, last match to when he appeared a month later, which I said is absolutely ridiculous. That couldn't possibly happen. And that, that story resonates very well. So as soon as I heard Bravado, it is kind of an unusual name. Um, that kind of stuck in. So I apologize for zoning out. Now, to answer your question, um, it's kind of difficult. So when you were waxing lyrical about how good this episode actually was, I was actually a little disappointed with this episode, even though there were things in it that were very good. And the problem is, this is a very unique standpoint for me. You're probably talking to the wrong person for asking this question, too. And the reason I say that is my experience, like I told you, with Ring of Honor in 2013 is watching pay-per-views. So this TV show does not stand up to the pay-per-views that I saw, which were of a really, really high standard, as you would expect. If you're not putting on banging pay-per-views, people are not going to watch them. If you're paying money for them, you know they're <laughs> going to be a much higher standard than a TV show. So for me, actually, although you said this is one of the best episodes ever, for me, it was actually it underachieved. But that's only because of what I'm ranking it on from my previous knowledge. If I'd never watched those pay-per-views, uh -huh. I think it would have been fine. But compared to everything else I'd previously seen on Ring of Honor, it didn't stand up. How, how could it? Yeah, no, that's... So I mean... It's kind of a strange stance, but that's only because of the strange way that I've watched Ring of Honor. So it's not that it was a... The, the twist at the end, great. Love that. Thought it was great. Didn't take any notes during match three because I was enjoying the match. But compared to the pay-per-views, it was not at the same standard, obviously. Yeah. No, that... I don't think it's like a Hall of Fame episode, but it's just better than what we've had sure. lately. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I can understand that. Like, There's certain episodes while I'm watching the Raw or SmackDown, it's like, eh... No, that's that's not going to stick in a memory, but I, it helps to kind of develop the story. So I can understand how the, there was significant parts in there. Um, I didn't like the the super the things that kind of turned me off from the watching the Ring of Honor show again would be, and this is probably true of a lot of wrestling events, but it's how you watch them. Um, it was fifty one minutes, I think it was. If you uh -huh. add up the total of the matches, it's twenty two minutes, something like that. It's not very long. I think it's like thirteen minutes, four and a half minutes three minutes and 20 seconds. So what's going on in between? Now, some of it's obviously promos as well, but some of it, I felt like they were... I know they, I know they have to promote the next event, but to me, it kind of felt repetitive. And that's me only watching one show. I was kind of thinking, oh my God, you guys are probably sick of this. Like, you know. Like, you know what this is. Um, the commercial at the start is like, you've probably seen that commercial 90 times already. So... Well if I was to carry on watching Ring of Honor, I would be skipping through all that stuff. But out of respect, because I knew we were going to be talking about it, I kind of watched the whole 50 minutes. But they, they felt like there was a lot of filler. Yeah. And that's a lot of fair points to make, because like you said, you, if you're going in as someone who would see interviews, and a lot of the Ring of Honor audience at this time probably would have... Nope. Oh. <laughs> the technical issues have come back three hours later. Oh my goodness. Will you there? Uh oh, <laughs> I don't know if we lost him for good. Um, no, yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense, uh, Graham. I mean that's I mean that's what we're what we have people on for. A, it's a fresh take for us, and you know what, you know, I mean because we, I mean that's the like the gimmick of the show, but obviously, you know, because I mean when I first started watching for the podcast, it was a time I almost started watching Ring of Honor. 
Um, but then, you know, life happened, the whole kit and caboodle. So uh, to sure. get a, a, a fresh take like that. Yeah, I mean, the commercial, I mean, I really don't like the, the announcer guy um for announcing like all the upcoming shows i've got heat with that guy because yeah. he's always he's, he's sitting at ringside like during pay-per-views on his phone it's not like he's memorizing like matches or anything he's no. like it's just very unprofessional you so can I've had watching it live in 2013 that's important you'd want to know when the next show is but when you're watching it 10 years later that's totally unimportant or to me right. that's totally unimportant so yeah um <laughs> did it cause it you to want to go buy and uh, go back and buy that uh, raised in Sandy Fork DVD of the Briscoes? No. Okay. No. I actually own that DVD, so... <laughs> I did look, because um, I actually really enjoyed... Um, I'm really enjoying WWE right now. I enjoyed the SmackDown uh, from last Friday night at the time of recording. I, I went back and added their matches up. Now, I'm assuming this was... There was probably more commercials if this was on TV, so it was 51 minutes on the honor. Yeah, there were nine more minutes of actual commercial... It was actually an hour then in real life, so they cut some out. So SmackDown's obviously two hours, so you're obviously going to have more commercials within that time. Um, their matches added up to 29 minutes um, but if you take out some of their commercials it'd be about an hour and a half so i thought it was kind of similar um but i don't think it's particularly surprising the, the current standard of wwe i think is higher than the standard for wwe uh, sorry for ring of honor in 2013 so i think some of that when you've got roman reigns coming out you got jay uso talking to roman reigns that's grabbing my attention way more than oh gosh uh the wolves whatever their name yeah are. Mark, yeah Thank you. Um, those guys talking about, oh, watch out, you're going to get your asses kicked here, sort of thing. So, but it's it's just the way that it goes, but um, yeah, I thought there was, it could have been like the film that Will talked about, like it could have been tightened up a little bit. I thought, I think if you want to be Ring of Honor and you're trying to be different from what's going on at that time, like your Impact or WWE, you'd want to tighten that product up a little bit. And to me, that was something that was noticeably, I was drifting. I had my phone with me. Like I was like, okay, I can look at Twitter for a little bit because there's not really anything going on. Like I'm, I'm listening, like you do, like in the background, because I need to know is there anything important here that I can look at that I might be able to go off on a slightly different tangent to what you guys are. But there was large parts where it was like, I'm missing it. And that match that I talked about, that that second match, I wanted to see more of that. That's what I wanted to see. I did not want to hear about when the next shows are, little bits of filler, blah 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 blah. Yeah, so and... I thought that they could have they could have made the show better. If you're trying to get people to buy into it, like your first time watcher, to make you want to watch it again, I didn't think they did a great job of doing that. And like that tournament, I am not spending eight weeks watching a tournament to find out who's going to be the next champion. So I, I thought they did a poor job actually of trying. To, people who are diehards are going to watch it anyway. Yeah, but to try and get new people into it. I didn't think it was as gripping as perhaps it should have been. Well, and and the shitty thing is, I mean, at this time they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. They're owned by a TV company, and their production is, you know, the the in the in ring action when we get it is great. Um, yeah, the TV, the pay per views yeah. I watched were phenomenal. Like those discs I got for Mason, I was like, I did a great job. <laughs> I got a, did a great job getting that quality of wrestling for three dollars a disc. When you look at all those names who are now, well, even five years ago, were still moved on to. To bigger things and higher further pastures but it was like yeah and then when i was watching that i was like i wanted to see more and you didn't kind of sometimes you I know you want to leave the fans wanting more so then oh perhaps i'll go buy that pay-per-view but i felt like you'd left me wanting a little bit too much 
Yeah, and listen, I mean, and listen, say what you will about Vince McMahon. His his big thing is he's always trying to get new eyes on the product. Yeah. And Ring of Honor does not do a good job. Like I said the diehards are going to watch. The marks are going to watch, but you're cool. not you you need to pull in, you know. But yeah, let's say at least here, like if this TV shows on at like nine o'clock on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. but you own a T. I mean, you're part of a billion dollar bright, but what you know? Well, I've talked about that before, so. Um, I well, hate to channel Vince Russo again, but you need if you're going to get new people in, you need new ideas. You need to do something slightly different, and. Um... Well, perhaps that's perhaps getting that. Perhaps, I don't know. I'd be. Inter- Do you ever look at the figures? How many people watched or anything like that? I'd be no. curious to know what effect that actually had. Because, like we said, that switch on the tag team, losing that belt like that in no circumstances, that would be like a, a water cooler moment. Like that on the following day, on a Monday. Hey, did you see what happened on Ring of Honor last night? Oh my God, they lost the championships on a just a regular old show. Oh, wonder what's going to happen next week. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be I got... curious to know how what effect that actually had. Yeah, I don't know where to track down like the numbers and stuff like that. Maybe I should look into that and like, I mean, who buys the pay per views? Like, I mean, you know, they didn't really do much advertising for a future pay per view, but a lot of their shows, like, what happens is their their post pay per view shows they'll show pay per view matches. I mean, sometimes it's almost half the card. You know, mm. it's like, is that going to make you want to buy the pay per view? You know, going back and buy it and stuff like that. So, sure. sure. Um. Cool. Will, uh, do we, Will, we got you back? You're at the water cooler and you say, did you see what happened to Ring of Honor last night? And they're going to be like, what? What the <laughs> fuck's Ring of Honor? You watching wrestling, nerd? <laughs> yeah, you can just go. You can just go into Canada, go in to watch wrestling. So I might say that next time no, I cross the border. And we've, we've talked about that. And, like, I... Uh, I, I worked with guys as a wrestling fan, and when Ring of Honor first got put on, up here we have a channel called Nessen, which is like or your your New England Sports Network, whatever, plays all the, the Boston games or whatever, and they, they got a time slot on there. So I'm like, Joe, you gotta you should check it out. And he's like he's like it was like an hour long. He's like they talked about a lot of people who they didn't show on the episode. He's like, and I didn't really feel any reason to care to keep going. I'm like, you know, that's fair. It's not a great program. Like Tom and I have talked about, I don't watch WWE programming, but I'm aware of everything that's happening on WWE programming without having to watch any of it. I managed to do that for about four years. Like you said, if if Tom and I just got to watch Ring of Honor TV, I'm playing my Game Boy or I'm like doing something else along with it because there's there's not really a whole lot that you need to be really be sit there and like glued to the screen and be like I gotta see this pay-per-views are usually a little better but though the the TV episodes themselves are not necessarily great for like all the time say when people are gonna be hooked it's like if you see a Matt Hardy and you're gonna be like hey I know that guy from the WWE or Something like that, as opposed to like, oh, that was a cool TV show. I want to see where these stories go. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, before we pull the train into the real station here, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? And obviously, Graham, make sure you put over um, all of your podcasts and everything and whatnot. So. I want to talk about, you asked about time in a podcast, and I said, as, as long as it doesn't go past midnight, we're good. It's uh, 12, <laughs> 12.32. 
<laughs> I I mean I'm okay. I mean hey, I, I, took, I work from home, so it's a good job I took that nap or else I would have been long. Oh, I yeah. work from home. Hmm. Yes, you say Will's probably gonna be at work at six in the morning, so I, um, I kinda do because I was supposed to do a supply order before I left work today and I forgot and it's gotta be in by a certain time in the morning, so I do have to go in a little <laughs> earlier than I was already gonna have to go in to get that order in. Well, I mean you only you only have like a ten minute commute in your defense, so it's not even ten minutes. So <laughs> two I mean, miles from the front door to the front door. I uh, mean I think I'm eighteen steps, I think, from the shitter to <laughs> <laughs> to my office, but uh um but Graham, obviously, thank you. I know this has been a long time coming. Um, you know, I, I owe you a lot of thanks. This is a lot of fun. Uh, we oh, went long, which was which was awesome. Um, I really appreciate your perspective and everything. But uh, make sure everyone, obviously, you're checking out all the great shows on Visionaries Global Media. But every Sunday, uh, Graham, Matt, and Ryan on this guy are now back uh, every Sunday or dropping every Sunday on Visionaries Global Media. And uh, hopefully, we get some more JJ's uh, JJB Sports podcast coming up too. So. Um, Can I at least give the Twitter handles? Uh, yeah. At GGB underscore Jackson and uh, at Good Bad Wrestle and me personally at MGB Graham. Or all you can do is look at the show notes and click on those little links that I've included in the show notes. Boom. It's almost like I've done this before. Um, but yeah, totally make sure you do follow. Uh, make sure you follow all those. Uh, you can do your fan cop moments from the good cop, bad cop. Um, yeah, and those sports episodes are a lot of fun. I really do enjoy that perspective. Uh, but Will, is there anything you want to put over? Uh, before we pull the train to the station here. Nope, just the usual stuff. Thanks, thanks to our wives. Thanks to Shining Wizards Network, Visionary Global Media. Thanks to to Graham for hanging out for as long as you did and putting up with us. I've I had a blast busting Tom's balls with you tonight. We're at three hours and three minutes. As is we made that fourth hour, guys, we did it. <laughs> oh, right, because. We there, there was the hour before we started recording too. <laughs> Matt said he would get me back one point for that long episode. I did wonder at some point. I was like, "Is this it?" No, did he just I, keep telling Tom, keep talking, keep him going, keep him going. Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't do that to you. So, uh, but yeah, thank you, Graham. We, we, uh, we want people to ask questions, but then we wind up with so many questions, and then Brennan's like, "Give us a top 10. It's like, oh. <laughs> Uh, but they were great, and and uh, I can drag Brendan at this point because he says he doesn't listen past the question. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I uh, I only listen to the question, and sometimes like, oh, interesting. All right, and I see how it is. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to Brendan. Obviously, shout out to UTT Rob. Uh, make sure you are following on taking the territory and all their Twitter handles. Um, on booking the territory, um, great stuff. So. Gator Golf. Um, that's true. I forgot about that. I don't know why they're not on Visionaries Global Media, but I'm just going to throw that out to the universe for right now. So, on that note, um, high fivers. We'll talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.